0: a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend this is i'll look at yours if you look at mine
1: listen everyone's telling you how lucky you are don't screw this up
2: To sleep.
3: Yep, ate like a pig.
2: I know how lucky I am.
1: I ace this assignment. Apartment's wide open.
4: Get my own division someday. You should see those guys' houses.
2: Hello. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't worry, I will.
4: Yeah, he's right here. Wait. Hey, uh Yes, sir. You on your way to roll call? Uh, yeah, I'm on my way out the door right now. Oi. Uh Yes, sir. Patrol ferries go to roll call. We don't go to roll call. OK, that's good to know. Listen, there's a coffee shop at 7th and Whitney See you there at 10 o'clock. Be in civvies, comfortable shoes. Got a backup gun? Something pocket size? Uh, no, sir, I
2: don't. I got the department issue Beretta.
4: Good, good. Bring it. Cuffs, too. I'm going to be in the office all day, but who knows? Maybe we'll do some business. We're an aggressive unit. I know, sir. That's why I signed up. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for giving me this.
0: I wonder what uh, Alonzo says to Hoyt's wife there in the beginning. But uh, that's just the first thing. I've seen this movie several times since it came out. um, But I did just notice something. When Alonzo asks Hoyt if he has a backup gun and Hoyt says no, I'm pretty sure that Alonzo is making sure that uh, Hoyt, uh, like if he needs to kill Hoyt later, that he only has to separate him from the uh, department issue Beretta. As Alonzo says, this is chess, not checkers. Greetings, lookers! Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine, the podcast that's one-part movie discussion, one-part game show, where we never know what we're watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at RedHenMedia1. Look for that Red Hen icon. And our theme for Series 6 is The Good, The Bad, and Tis the Season, our double daily mashup of good-bad movies and Christmas movies. And today, we'll be discussing a consummate uh, Christmas classic, Training Day, uh came out in 2001. It is a crime drama thriller feature film that's currently streaming on HBO Max. Pro tip, if you're going in for your training day in a new unit, always carry a backup and never tell anyone about it, even your new boss. Keep your own counsel, folks. You know what I mean? Am I a grizzled cop three days from retirement? No, but I've seen training day like a dozen times, which makes me somewhat of an expert on the subject. <laughs> And I'm here today. There we are. I'm here today with my distinguished co hosts who are likely talking behind my back. So let's join their conversation already in progress. Hey, gang. Hey, Hey. hello. Um. With us today, she's simultaneously credible and incredible the anomaly, Kat Ramirez.
3: Y'all, just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I always keep it real real with y'all, too. As always, grateful to be here.
0: Very grateful to have you. And the provocative one, Mr. Devin Schwartz.
5: The holidays are on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed they are. And we're kicking it off with Series 6. And uh, my good friend, the incendiary, not only incendiary, but the Who Dundee reigning champ, James Pepe.
6: Yeah, that's me. I'm the champ. (laughs) I have a tiger. Yeah, yeah. Do do you guys think the comedy porn version of this movie was training bra day? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, though. Nailed it. Yay. Oh, we'll put some tumbleweed and cricket noises in on the in-post.
0: <laughs> the, uh, yeah, exactly. La- <laughs> cue laugh track for 60 seconds. Yeah, right. And uh, with us also <laughs> is the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Hey, Jim.
7: Hey, and greetings, gentle listeners and friends. So,
0: before we get too much into uh, training bra- uh, training day... um with- <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
7: Damn it. <laughs> that 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 actually is a name. If if I imagine it was more adult movie-ish, that would be the uh, straight to video softcore porn yeah, name, right. you know?
0: <laughs> what
7: what was it? They yeah. used to
0: run uh it was like um like Skinemax or something. Yes, they'd, they'd yeah, run the, the the soft stuff.
6: Trying or, to watch that shit as a kid.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you get did yeah. you get the scrambled TV? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Every once in a while, you do an unscramble something. Use your imagination.
0: (laughs) Someone's doing something to someone else. Is that a clue? I think so. All right. Before we get too much further into the gutter, we'll do a little thing I like to call the rundown. Hey Jim, can I get a um? (laughs) Hi, hi. Need a rundown of your clients? Can you get that to me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's right, Jim, our boss, Charles Minor, just demanded a rundown and poor put upon Jim from the office just handed the dossier to poor put upon Devin. So let's see (laughs) what Devin has for us on training day.
5: Take it away, Devin. So put upon. I've been cooking all day. Now I got to do this. Uh, uh. Right. Slaving away in the kitchen. Now you're slaving away on the show. (laughs) So, uh, Training Day is a 2001 film uh, starring Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke uh, about a rookie cop that spends his first day as a Los Angeles narcotics officer with a rogue detective who isn't what he appears to be. Um, More on that later. Uh, It also stars a couple of uh, familiar faces. Scott Glenn, who we saw fairly recently, if you'll remember, as Detective uh, Jack Crawford in Sounds of the Lambs. Mm. Um oh, also, that's where I know I'm from. Yeah. Uh Tom Berenger, uh who is Stan uh-huh. in this. I think that's one of the older one of the older yes
0: cuffs. One of the white three wise men. Yeah. Yep. Uh
5: Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg both make minor appearances, uh, as well as Eva Mendez, who I've seen around. Um, those are at least the people I recognized. Uh and then had to look up the name of because I'm terrible with names. But yeah, um, there's some other you know other highly billed people here that I'm sure are quite famous that I just don't know. <laughs> uh, some trivia, a little section I like to call casting that could have been. Um, Mark oh, Wahlberg. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Toby Maguire, Christian Bale, and Eminem were all considered for the role of Jack Hoyt. Um, oh, wow. Would have been a very different film with any of those men in it, except maybe Christian Bale. I feel like he could have brought a, a similar energy, maybe. He's not quite innocent enough. Even Eastern He played Hawkeyes it more like vulnerable. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, Toby Maguire maybe could have done an okay job. Uh, and then also... Yeah. Uh, Gary Sinise, Tom Sizemore, and Bruce Willis were all considered for the role of Alonzo. Hmm.
0: Um,
5: I think. Well, they let me made just right let tracer. me just
0: interrupt and say this because I'm the interrupting cow. Um, moo. No, uh, I'm glad they ended up with the people they ended
5: up with. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the line uh, "King Kong ain't got shit on me" was ad libbed by Denzel Washington, which is not super surprising. It was a pretty weird line. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely out of left field, um, so I'm not too surprised there. Uh, and Denzel Washington loves this role. He often mentions that it's his favorite character he's ever played. You can it shows um, in his yeah. performance. And uh, another thing, uh, this is a running theme in our uh, looking into films during the scene when Jack plays cards with the Latino gangsters, director Antoine Fuqua, which I also didn't mention, that's the director, um, gave certain instructions to the actors playing the gangsters without telling Ethan Hawke to make the suspense and reactions seem more real. Mm. Oh, Uh, that's so (laughs) cool. I guess a lot of people in Hollywood are doing that. Um, No, no, it's not super specific, but uh, just that, yeah, I definitely didn't know what was going to happen. No, that's that is
0: definitely a a technique that's not uncommon, but um, I guess it's not also super common, but it can be useful if, if done right or you don't cross a line, which we've also talked about.
5: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So for awards, this won an Academy Award uh, for Best Actor in a Leading Role for Denzel Washington. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, I need to bring him up then. Ethan Hawke was also nominated for supporting.
0: Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. (laughs) I can't. I may ring it up.
5: Where are you? Oh, there it is.
0: (laughs) Okay, this is for Denzel. Good job, buddy.
5: It was also nominated at the BET Awards and the black real one of the black real awards for best actor, best director, best film poster and best film. Um, swept the Black Reel Awards. Uh, it also, in a, uh, I just like this one. There's an award show called the All Deaf Movie Awards, D E F, like Deaf Jams. Uh, and it won for Best Bad Mother Award for Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wonder if that uh, show well, is deserves. still
0: out because the term death has, I haven't heard that since like the 90s. Yeah. Uh,
5: this, I mean, this was t- in 2016. I just wow. noticed that. I don't know why it won in 2016. Huh. That's, weird. That's maybe, weird. Maybe this was like a specific award show where they went back through the history of films and like picked. I don't know. Anyway, could be. That is strange. Yeah. That all these awards are in 2002 except for this one. Um, but uh, yeah, that is it for the rundown. Excellent job.
0: Yeah. Any uh, comments, guys? Questions? Any goofs or trivia or anything? Oh, I guess you'd kind of covered some of that
5: yeah that was most of it uh there's a lot of like really small stuff uh references to other um films that Fuqua directed is that how you, how you pronounce it I don't even know Fuqua oh, I think so okay
3: I did I did actually see something about how a lot of the actual locations like the sketchy locations was filmed in those were real locations in LA that were sketchy and that uh, mm-hmm. this was kind of the first time they were able to shoot in a lot of those locations because of the fact that um if gangs saw sh- crew members actually shooting there like it would be an, a genuine issue so that was really cool and interesting to see that I, I to read about that
0: when you read about it when you said genuine issue what what would they have taken issue with did they cover any but, of that I mean
3: I mean what I would ass- no, not that I saw but like what I would assume which happens in the Bay Area too it's like if you have a shooting if you have a crew like shooting anything like there's likelihood that you know they would steal stuff from you, um yeah, you know, yeah that's the thing. I'm sure if you know worst case scenarios they would even draw a gun to steal the stuff from you, um, so I'm sure like things like that would have happened,
0: yeah, that makes sense, and plus, they're what? very territorial, so.
5: One other thing I want to mention while we're talking about when I was talking about awards uh, that I missed was that, uh, and I don't know if this was only at the time or continues to be true today, but at the time at least, this was the first ever film or the first ever Academy Award for Best Actor, where the film was directed by a. Was, sorry, uh, the first time an African American actor won in a film that was directed by an African American director. Um, it was oh, the first cool. time that it happened. I don't know if that in is 2001? continued to today. Yeah, uh, it took him a while. <laughs> Yeah.
7: He, yeah. I think it was a big deal. I ended up watching, um, before we, we started, uh, uh, tonight, um, his acceptance speech for that Academy award. And I guess that same night, Sydney, uh, pa- 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 I always get that Potier? last name. Yeah. Pot- yeah. Potier uh, won as well. Um, in an, an award and Denzel, you know, in his acceptance speech, he, he said, you know, I've always been chasing after you. You're ba- basically you're a hell of a gentleman and I'll I'll keep chasing after you. And it was like a nod of respect to That's uh nice. Sydney, which was really touching. But you saying this now, it, I'm starting to gather more of the significance back then of you know, this award was really important. So
0: Yeah. Incidentally, I rewatched uh Lilies of the mm-hmm. Valley uh recently. It was just on TV or something when I caught it. he's so great in that. If you guys haven't, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It was one of those things. I, we read the book in high school and then watched the movie, you know.
3: Right, did you guys right.
0: ever do any of that? Oh, of, yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Did they cover up the TV during the nude scene when they did Romeo uh, and Juliet?
7: I think they fast forwarded, if I remember right. It was, you know, It was high school so long ago. See? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> My teacher was very progressive, and she's like, I think you guys are mature enough to handle this. And we pretended to be. Oh, we pretended.
7: Yeah, I, I remember. Uh,
6: Score. In in one of our classes, we watched uh, we watched Schindler's List, and Jeez, there's uh. a sex there's a sex scene in that, and instead of instead of stopping the movie and then fast forwarding, the teacher just fast forwarded it, and which made the sex scene just like way more hilarious.
0: hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way like to a way to break the mood. Double <laughs> speed thrusting. She didn't think this through. Did, uh, I'm assuming it yeah. she.
6: No, it was a guy actually. So. Teach didn't think oh, this yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
0: should have played the uh, the Benny Hill music. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> right. <Perfect>. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, good rundown, gang. I love it. Um, before we move on to figure out who done it, though, why don't we see uh, what's going on in the headlines?
2: Extra, 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 extra.
0: Okay. Kat, did you find anything <laughs> interesting in the news today?
3: Uh, yeah. So the uh, the headline I found said, uh, Bigger than King Kong, Russians prove NARCOP N- 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 wrong and kills the unkillable. Unkillable, excuse me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if I follow that right, then they would be the Godzilla in this scenario. Uh, yeah.
3: Yes, that would be true.
0: Well, oh, if he's saying he's bigger than King Kong, though, what is he, Mothra? I, just, I have to figure this out. Let's get to the bottom of this. Well, <laughs> I mean,
2: everything's
6: bigger
0: than King Kong.
6: <laughs> King Kong wasn't that big in the first movie. He climbed yeah, up a building.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah, the Empire State Building. Yep. Which I actually haven't seen the original King Kong, I don't think, ever. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. Probably watched it in film school. There's a lot of a lot of blocks of movies you had to watch in a row, you know? But, Devin, did you find anything King King Kong-sized uh, <laughs> headlines?
5: Yeah, I did see one. Uh, it said, uh, are all cops bad? LAPD officer Alonzo Harris will gaslight you into believing otherwise. Oh, yeah, he was all about <laughs> the
0: gaslighting. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well done. Um, and uh, yeah, he probably gaslit the Academy into getting that award, too. Exactly. So he's probably going to go with the other movie, and then he's
5: like, nope. Let me uh, let me spin this. He told him there were no other movies this, that came out that year. There like, you Why? go. No, of course yep. there were. And he's like, no, they, they, you're crazy. There's none. <laughs> there was
0: this one and there was King Kong. And we're bigger than King Kong. So exactly. award me, please. Award my hand. And uh, James <laughs> Pepe, what did you uh, get from the news today? Yeah, yeah. So oh, boy. Okay.
6: In, uh, in, in other King Kong news. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, when reached for comment on Alonzo's statement, King Kong said, ooh, 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 ah, 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 ah. Which roughly translates
0: to, it's true, I give up. And then he sulked <laughs> away. Back into the ocean to swim back to his uh, Kong island. It's okay, he's got Is that what King Kong does? I think so. That's, in my mind. He does. He sulks away, swims back to his island, and uh, gets worshipped and, and fed. So, I mean, he didn't ever want to leave the island in the first place. Let's remember that. That's, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal. They kidnapped him. They Kong napped him.
5: Fight some uh, T Rexes.
0: <laughs> yes, There's exactly. From t-rexes for he's he's got to go get that belt back from the T Rex. So, uh, Mister, uh, the gentleman Jim Scott, yeah. lest I forget. Uh, did you find anything interesting in the news?
7: uh yeah not king kong news but out of the new york times so you know uh the place that has the buildings that king kong likes to climb on but i've seen this headline cops who are partners meet out aggression against the world and each other because there is no good donut shop in sight
0: see they have them on the east coast you know there's a duncan on every street corner and, sure, uh, but here they just have the Starbucks and the you know yeah. the blueberry muffins don't cut it.
7: Nothing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good that you ran out of didn't do a Kong headline because I was running out of bad Kong jokes. What was that?
7: <laughs>
0: I was, they, they, think think
6: uh, think of what the consequences would be of Alonzo going to a Starbucks and then them writing the, his name wrong on his cup. Oh man. I actually want to see would that. fuck that up. Yeah.
0: That scene must have yeah. hit the cutting room floor, but I think they should put it back <laughs> in the special edition. A barista yeah. would be sleeping with the fishes. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind watching the, uh, like, commentary on this one. Um, I bet it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I bet they've got stuff to say about it, especially because uh, Denzel Washington says it's one of his favorite uh, movies. He he really, like, I guess the phrase is chewed the scenery. Is that, is that apply here? <laughs> yeah.
6: What do you think? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. But before we do that, why don't we figure out uh, who submitted this uh, festive holiday feature film?
2: (music) Who done it?
0: Uh, That's right. We've reached the segment of the show where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of this series will win a very special... Santa version of the Who Dundee Award. Well, now I have to come up with that. Damn. Why did I say that on the spot? the existence. copy. The copy is yep. good. A very I know.
6: Special, a very special one, huh? Yeah. Special yeah.
0: one. Wow. It'll be, okay. be Christmas themed or holiday themed. We'll say holiday. It'll have mashed potatoes on it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, garlic mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it's it's a double extra special. Then. Yeah, it's special, but it doesn't work well with the, the uh, epoxy. Of the, yeah, it's bad it'll melt um so let's see with actually since you're already talking and are the champ why don't we get your guess first oh
6: man my first mistake was talking okay yep um uh well i'm going to guess jim um i think this is a jim movie he's told us he's made it very clear to us over the the course of these seasons that he loves gangster movies um I'd actually forgotten
0: that, so I'm glad you're going first. this
6: isn't a gangster movie, it'll do till the real one gets here. Uh, Right. Yeah, so uh, I think I'll guess Jim. But how this? What in what way this is a holiday movie? I
0: have
2: no
6: idea. <laughs> well, whoever it is
0: has some planning to do. But we'll get to that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I'll go with you on that. That it's that it's a gym film. It's see, the see. I go a little bit more by like when the movie came out. This just seems prime for him. Um, two thousand one. Uh, it's prime, young adult movie going age. You know, might have stuck in his craw, and he likes movies like uh that he kind of grew up with so I think maybe gotta get that uh way. gotta get that craw floss get all that shit out of there oh no no keep it in yeah, the
6: you, the like, yeah you like the you like the full craw feel Stick
0: all kinds <laughs> of stuff in the craw yeah oh yeah okay. huge craw huge craw man <laughs> all right. you're
6: you're a regular craw daddy. changing my name to crawette
3: that's right
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> save us cat <laughs> who done
3: it um i'm also gonna go with jim um and the main main reason is just because i can't i can't see anybody else submitting this movie this so it's just a process of elimination and jim's the only person i can see submitting this movie you don't think this is right. a devon one no we have an official
0: jim <laughs> no. bandwagon happening here Devin, are you yeah, gonna go the I other way it. and take the early lead <laughs> or are you going with jim
5: You know, if this was any other season, uh, I would probably vote for you, Ben, especially since you've already admitted you've seen this movie many times before. Um, This definitely seems... I mean, this is a very cinematic movie. This is a very movie movie, you know? It Um, definitely is. But... I do. Th- I'm going to jump on the bandwagon because I think Jim is the only person among us with the the, the cojones to just absolutely ignore the category altogether. <laughs> just completely <laughs> ignore it uh, because there is no way this has anything to do with Christmas movies or really good, bad in, in the way that I envision it. But that I guess there's a case you could make for that. Um, but yeah, I think this was Jim. Mm,
0: OK, well, Jim, it clearly isn't you. So who done it?
7: Man, I feel like I'm getting typecasted here, but, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's you, Ben. Um, I remember in season one, you had mentioned, you know, you had mentioned training day and movies like, like this Scarface, that kind of thing. So, uh, and you, you had just said, you. yep. And you had said that you, uh, I don't know if it was, uh, when we were actually on the podcast or like before you had seen it a dozen times. So I'm going to pick you, Ben. I think it's you.
0: Yeah, I've seen this movie a lot, actually. Everyone locked in? I have a story. Uh Okay, I don't want to change your minds here at the last minute. So we're locked in. I actually, this is one of the movies, the first uh, movie that I built up the uh, projection reels as a projectionist. I built the print when it came into the theater. Um, And it takes like these five or six small reels, you know, more of the size you would put on a projection uh, thing, you know, where they used to, I don't know what are they like a uh, 18 inches wide or something but uh now they do it on this huge uh platter that's horizontal and you put all the reels together so you're not changing reels uh and you splice them together. And so I saw this movie before it officially released the night before and I still have fond memories of of watching it then and we were all kind of gobsmacked everyone at the theater. It was it's really fun to watch movies with uh, that's one of the great things about working in a movie theater is people love movies yeah. there. So watching them together, you know, before anyone else gets to see them, is a special little treat. Um, that and the uh, salary is incredible, and the fringe benefits. It, you, you we all drove our uh, BMWs to work every day. It was quite wonderful. <laughs> now they pay you and they pay you in popcorn and old hot dogs. So, yeah. Uh, right. But the movies are great. So I do have yeah. fond memories of this one. Um. So. Uh, I think I have. No, Jim, you're the one with the most votes. Um, So you can uh, tell us whether or not you done it.
7: Um, Yeah. Yeah. It it was very obvious. It was very obvious. Yes, it was me.
0: All right. Let me give you your soundbite.
7: That is correct.
0: Ah, Chris Farley. We hardly knew you. Um, Yeah. Now I'm sad. Damn it. (laughs) I didn't have to say that. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah yeah I, I figured this was, had to have been a Jim movie and I that otherwise any other series I probably would have this would have been one of the ones I would have submitted to so uh, well said but uh, since we now know who done it it's time to ask why done it
5: you you do.
0: okay Jim How is this a Christmas movie? We all understand.
7: So you guys are all right. It is not a Christmas movie. Okay. Um, So in that in that vein, I am I'm definitely not trying to disrespect the theme submission that we have going. Not at all. Uh, but I am trying to keep in with the spirit of the show, movies that I find interesting, but that are also interesting to talk about. And I don't find Christmas movies, they're fun, they're heartwarming, they're not interesting to talk about, at least the ones that I can think of. Um, well, you
0: did already submit a Christmas movie uh, in our previous series, so people can refer yeah, back to that. What, what that was that is, called, All Through the House? Or something?
7: All Through the House, yeah.
0: Yeah, go watch it, that, folks.
7: Yeah, um, so, you know, with that respect, I still wanted to keep within um the umbrella of good and bad and i feel like this is good and bad in a whole lot of different ways so when we submitted or when this theme got picked we were like what it means to you uh there's a very literal translation good and bad being that these are two cops one of them you find out is is clearly bad and they're and i'm sure we're going to discuss that I see you going or, with this. I, or, I would like yeah. to. And Ethan Hawke is the, is a, is, is the stellar, you know, hero. Um, the other thing, the other way that I see good and bad is that Denzel Washington is great in the one role that I can think of where he is an anti-hero. He's a villain. Um, and so that's the good in being bad. Um that I would ascribe um to this Okay. but ab- above and beyond that, uh this definitely would be my submission for our category, um I think it was crime or something like that uh uh but there' a few picked-
0: that kind of in that orbit, yeah,
7: yeah, that ha- it hasn't been picked yet, but uh um, I just felt like this is the right time to kind of you know. M- make the decision and submit this and why i enjoy this movie so much is that i love film noir and i love wow. um ga- gangster films as mm-hmm. well um you know everything from scarface to uh, godfather um and there, scarface,
0: there's a uh scarface the original one or the remake in 1980 by uh, uh 1980 oh, God, by uh, uh
7: brian de, uh, Thank uh anthony de palma. yeah de palma uh yeah yeah uh, directed
0: chino and mm-hmm. de palma directed
7: yeah yep yep uh and michelle piper and all of that just the totally. dark, where the 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 villain or in this case I, I believe they call it anti-hero they take center stage and it's really a story about them I mean, when you read off the Academy Awards, Ethan Hawke was a supporting actor. So Denzel Washington was a main hit. It's about the anti-hero. Oh, good, in much, that's a good point. In much the same vein that Dracula and Frankenstein is about the monster, you know? Yeah, uh, so yeah. it has that, that if you want to kind of string that along, that gothic horror, you know, translated into film noir, like gangster noir. And there's a subset as well that I, that uh, a black cinema that I really enjoy. And this subset has to do with um, kind, uh, kind of like very disenfranchised areas, a lot of obstacles and the um, what people do in that type of environment. So here we have LA it's, you know, LA, unfortunately is a crime. There's a lot of crime, you know, there's a lot of organized crime, unorganized crime, whatever. There's a lot, it's just you know, a lot going of on. Yeah, and it's gritty, you know, and this, I feel, captures that perfectly um, in a movie. So,
0: Well, I'm going to cut you a break because that was some Alonzo-level gaslighting that you just (laughs) (laughs) perpetrated (laughs) on. (laughs) But I think you did tip your cards uh, by doing that, but uh, I, I can't complain too much since I really, really like Training Day. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I was curious to hear who whose ever explanation was yeah. speaking uh. of,
5: Speaking of the Christmas movie thing, I watched this with my mom and she knew about the theme that it was was supposed to be Christmas movies. And I told her going in, I I don't think this matches the theme. Like I didn't, I hadn't seen this movie, um, but I was like, I don't think this matches the theme. And she kept trying to figure it out at like, and it was like LA. And at one point they're like wearing jackets and she's like, well, they're wearing jackets and it's LA. So it must be winter. So it probably takes place at winter time. I'm like, mom, I really don't think there's a connection here. I don't think you're going to find it. But it was very, uh, it was endearing. When, when I
6: heard, uh, when I heard the, the, the movie reveal, I was thinking to myself, like, because sometimes you see movies and they're based at Christmas time, but that has nothing to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I was thinking to myself, like, is that scene where the, 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 the gang members are going to kill Ethan Hawke? Is there like a Christmas tree in the background or something like that? And I uh, couldn't that's remember. What I was thinking, <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I was like, I'm not, I'm not remembering
5: something where like,
0: yeah, the, in the opening, there's like a Christmas tree at Ethan Hawke's house
5: at Hoyt's place, you right? Know? Yeah, that even, even when Denzel notice. Washington, even when Denzel Washington gives a gift to another character, right, right, yeah. he says happy birthday. He doesn't even say Merry Christmas. He says happy birthday, and then some when he there. gives
6: when he gives that uh, <laughs> that that, that sunny boom boombox or whatever, it's not, it doesn't say Sony on it. <laughs> it says Sunny S U N Y. Because they didn't want to pay Sony.
0: To... <laughs> oh, I thought it was just like because they have those knockoff brands that they sell. And it was just like a like
6: one oh, of the maybe. knockoff brands.
0: I remember yeah. going to the, my first time I went to San Francisco when I was a little kid. Uh, it was like downtown. They had some places that had stuff like Sorny and, you know, um, what? Panasonic, I remember. I'll always remember that one. They throw an O in there. Panasonic. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. I got a kick out of that. The things that amuse kids. Um, yeah, and we're also going to air this in November. So uh, I'll cut your break, but don't ever do it again. Or you'll be talking to my Tommy gun. <laughs>
5: Wrong kind of gangster.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so who's seen it? Uh, definitely, uh, you guys know that I've seen it many times cat. Uh, have you seen this one?
3: Oh, this is my first time watching it. Cool. Very, <laughs> All very... right. Excellent. Yeah. Love hearing that.
0: Okay, so uh, I bet you have a lot to say. But Devin, you also, I think. Yep. Also awesome seen first time. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Pepe, you've seen this.
6: Yeah, I had, I have seen this, but I don't remember how many times. This is probably my second or third time. I, oh, that's I haven't good. seen that's it a bunch good. of times.
0: Okay, so it looks like Jim and I are the experts on this one that have just seen it many times. Um, I'm curious what your mom thought, Devin.
5: Uh, <laughs> and, you. Caught, and you. I don't, I don't think she caught quite all of it. It's definitely not her kind of movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I remember this movie
0: really caught me off guard. Like, I had no idea where they were uh-huh. going with it. Uh, it was, uh, it was like getting hit in the face with a frying pan, um, or some, you know, the cartoon equivalent, whatever, I guess that is the cartoon equivalent of this movie. Um, and so I just, I remember being shocked, but also really enjoying it. This also kind of came out of the era where people were, um, sort of mimicking the intensity of, um, Quentin, uh, Quentin Tarantino a little bit. Uh So there was like this kind of like really like hardcore themed stuff coming out in this, during this era. But, uh, so did she didn't give you much of an impression of it? Just wasn't for her. I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Was it for you? Uh, well, I feel like I'm returning to form here. Cause like the whole Halloween uh, season, I, I was really in favor. I liked all the movies and I'm, I'm getting back to my roots here. Cause I, I really did not enjoy watching this movie at all. Wow. I it's, it's weird though, because it is a very well-made movie. All of the actors are doing an incredible job. The cinematography is amazing. The music is really good. Like technically it is a excellent film, but it's like watching a very well-produced video of someone drowning a puppy it's like it is the least enjoyable it's piece not an of easy watch. entertainment like heavy scare quotes entertainment that i can imagine like i I nothing about this movie is what i look for in a movie in, in, in a piece of entertainment i think it is stressful and depressing and way too real like this is just okay. stuff that's happening i can watch the evening news and get most of the content of this film like yeah you're right I don't know. you're you're not yeah. wrong um but so that means that enjoyable. the show
0: is also returning to form in that in, in that we're um torturing you yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so um no i it's an intense film um maybe not as intense as the uh, uh what was the one where the kid loses his arm at the end after shooting up the whole damn po- film Pepe, you gotta know requiem that. for a dream thank you Yep, my man um yeah. yeah uh maybe not quite on that level but it's definitely intense i remember like all of us walking out of the theater after after having watched this and we were all just kind of there's a bit of anxiety you know yeah,
6: it, I feel like this is
0: pretty consumer
6: grade intense movie though. Like, I feel like this movie is made for the masses. Like,
0: it's the most intense you can get and still be playing to a general audience. I think.
6: Yeah, probably. Am I wrong like, about that? Yeah, stop me if I'm wrong. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, okay. well, I don't know. I mean, maybe intense in a certain way. I mean, like, I know we mentioned it. I mentioned it earlier, but like, Schindler's List is pretty intense, and that has like a huge. That is but a I saw that audience. one coming,
0: you know. Like, or I even knew like that Saving Private
6: Ryan, like the first, the first like
0: half an hour of that, you're just yeah. like white knuckled. No, know? yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's that to me would be the the um, the le- the le- not the level, the setting the bar or whatever for the yeah. level of intensity, for sure. I I, I still remember. Do you guys have you guys all seen that Saving Private Ryan? No, Devin you haven't. I haven't well, it's, when it gets submitted, we know it's not him uh we'll yeah. to keep that in your pocket um yeah i still remember watching like remember watching this one i remember watching saving private Ryan. that was an yeah. incredible first half hour Yeah, oh my god uh,
7: absolutely in the movie theater nobody yeah, had yeah, done yeah. it like that nobody had no. done it like that and no one's was really like, done oh it was like oh my sense. god yeah
0: that was the most that was the closest you can get to being in that kind of a situation in a war zone without actually going there. I feel like, yeah. um, which is probably still very, very different, but uh, that was, yeah. If Spielberg is, um, I remember now that we're digressing a little bit on this uh, Spielberg's sister was in an interview and she said that he loved like tormenting her. And so yeah. like his movies kind of reflect that where he tries to kind of torment the audience like that in um, a kind of a big brother really? like freaking you out grossing you out kind of way yeah so when he does stuff like that i definitely i i always remember that interview like it harkens back to what she says huh, about, about him. yeah yeah so that's that kind of stuck with him if you watch his movies keep that in mind uh, moving forward and you'll spot little things like that where he's trying to mess with you or like uh, you know when she reaches in and uh, Indiana Jones too, and has to all the creepy crawlies go over. That's a perfect yeah. Right. Him doing that. Oh
7: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He does stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. It's good to do. It's a good. It's a good thing to mess with your audience. But uh, I digress. Um, training Day, yeah. So um, I'm very curious what uh, what you thought, Cat, as well, since this was your very first viewing.
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm. It's like an objectively good movie. Like it, you can tell it's, it's shot really well. The acting's really good. I'm, I'm also a sucker for like, um, dialogue and like the writing for what they say and stuff. So like, that was also, um, I thought it was done really well too. Um, I think the also, the other thing that I enjoyed a lot about this movie is just like how, um, nuanced, like the shift of power dynamics were. And I know that's something I talk about good. a lot. In, in movies um no you i'm glad you can really do. feel that and like tell that like you can like at intensities because of like you're seeing like Denzel Washington his character like trying to kind of like mark his territory and and kind of overpower the other um Ethan Hawke's character i always forget their actual um names Quite. in the movie but yeah um so you can tell and you can tell when that shifted and that changed um, in the movie too. So it was also like a really interesting part for me to pay attention to. Um, some of my criticisms of the movie, I think is just like, even I know this is an older movie and I feel like this is kind of always the criticisms I have with older movies, but, um, for me, there is kind of a sense of like, um, white savior complex of having Hoyt being like a white, Um, character who like comes into like obviously historically and and predominantly uh, impoverished neighborhoods that are people of color and stuff and like kind of being the moral compass being the good guy and everyone else being like bad people and of course everyone else being also people of color I it's Mm -hmm. not something I cannot not see even though like obviously I'm like I know that's not the point of the movie well, it's not intentional but it's just. fortunately
0: like for myself being a white conservative uh christian male i'm completely blind to that so i don't have to deal with that no i'm just gonna no i can't i totally agree with you yeah that that's the thing and it was and it's like that is a kind of a well-known trope now where it wasn't so much maybe when this came out but yeah i can't disagree with that
5: yeah, it's it gets pretty like over the top, too, especially with the reactions towards Hoyt by like the people in that, like he's like immediately trusted by those like ra- random gangsters in that, in the one like ghetto that like side with him like instantly. And like the little boy who just like falls end. in love with him. Yeah. And like the little boy like falls in love with him. His like Denzel Washington's character's son just like immediately falls yeah. in love with Hoyt and is like best friends. with him. Like everywhere he goes, like, you know, and then in the very end with the uh, Latino gangsters and like, he just happened to have saved their cousin. So they like, immediately are like, oh, all right, we're cool with you. It's like, I mean, that one made a little more sense. I guess that's that a perfect example of it. But yeah, it just like, everything works out for him when it comes to the minorities he interacts with this movie, basically. Yeah. Since you mentioned it, did you see that coming that twist
0: that the get out of, of being murdered free card that he had there?
5: Uh, I, I think like a minute before it happened, I might've seen it coming. Like it kind of snapped. I was like, you know, like I was just trying to think any, you know, how could he possibly get out of this situation? Cause I like, I didn't think at that point they were just going to kill him. But then again, this movie could very well have done that. And I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, but uh yeah i was kind of like oh i bet it's and then it's like you know it it clicked kat did you have something to add there
3: oh i was just gonna add i mean the other criticism is like i like it's just very plain like every every person of color is very stereotyped like it's just
0: yes i was also gonna bring that up but i'm glad you are
3: very plain so like and it's hard because it's just like, I get that what kind of like the demographic that they're trying to portray. And I'm not saying that there's not any sort of like truth to that, like, uh, uh display. But like, I, it's just when you have every single character kind of being that that's when it's just like, okay, this is very like stereotyping and generalizing so many people. And it's, it is. Yeah. It's- and while
0: a lot of people know the difference and know that it's it's like recently, I've been a little bit more aware that some people don't. Uh, and that's kind of scary. And that probably just perpetuates that, unfortunately. Um, I don't yeah. know what to do with that. Um, but I do recognize that that is a, a part of the movie and that it did, it did bother me on this viewing a little bit. You know, it didn't, it didn't ruin the movie, but I was definitely like noted you know, this is like some stereotypical shit right here.
3: Yeah. And that's, and that's what like, I mean, like, again, I don't want it, to. It's not that I can't like I can obviously still enjoy movies that have these things. And it's and obviously like I take it with a grain of salt of the fact that I'm like, this is an older movie. Like if people weren't aware of these things as much at that time. So like, I'm not going to be <laughs> so mad about it. Like I it doesn't ruin it for me is what I'm trying to say. Sure, but sure. I, it's yeah. something that I'm always aware anytime I see these movies. And I there's like,
0: no way to unsee that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's I'm that's I'm only laughing I'm because from. I it makes me feel old when you say this from like, you know, a long time ago and all that.
5: Well, 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Twenty years old movie.
0: Ah, what's happening? <laughs> At least VR's a thing now. Ever since I saw Lawnmower Man in the 90s, I've been waiting for that one to come
7: around. Oh man. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Jim, do you feel old? (laughs) Uh, Sometimes. Not tonight, though. (laughs) Good, good. All
0: right. Well, keep them coming, Kat.
7: Um, I wanted to play...
0: I'll just jump forward to the clips from that scene, the get-out-of-being-murdered-free scene, because it's really one of my... I'll say it's my favorite sequence in the film. Um, And a lot of those actors from that have gone on to do a lot of other work. Smiley and um, crew. I don't have it up in front of me right now. I should actually bring it up when I play the clip and uh, I'll talk about some other stuff you guys have seen him in. But I have two clips here um, because it's such a great sequence. I had to grab two different parts. But This is when uh, Alonzo has decided to have Hoyt killed and he's paid off this gang to murder him basically and Alonzo ducks out. But um, Hoyt uh, Ethan Hawk's character doesn't see it coming uh at first uh, he just thinks he's waiting while Alonzo goes potty so let's see let's see okay I called this one five card draw because uh there's guns involved huh huh all right here we go enough bad jokes
1: what you got dog three of a kind three jacks uh you can
2: go your <laughs> oh, baby oh! too bad too bad <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 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 what
1: the fuck are you doing, sniper? Smiling wounds. Oh, they got two pair, eh? <laughs> Do you have a kind beast, two pair, you fucking dumb truck.
4: Isidio? Isidio. Hey, you're oh. fucking stupid, say Why don't you take your medication
6: or something, else Seriously, eh? I know I'm number one. See why we don't play for money, Holes?
4: Because of this vato, eh? And that's nice, eh? Let me see your gueta right what? You gone, Holmes, underneath your shirt. I'm see it. That's you. all
1: right, man.
6: Hey, come on, man. What is it? Like a 380? Stainless? Nine millimeter Beretta. Like 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 this one here. Just like that one. <laughs> that right. But
5: see, here here's where the problem comes into play. I seen this one. I wanna see yours.
0: <laughs> I really like the they're probably the most memorable uh thugs in the film uh, of a movie full of of thugs right and uh that and they're they end up getting his gun away from him tricking him and um they're going to kill him and uh we'll cut back in when he finds out that uh Hoyt earlier in the day saved Smiley's cousin Letty Light I
1: am not lying I swear to god she was being raped and I stopped him. I pleased me
2: I got a little girl. Shut the fuck up, faggot! Bless his assholes. God, I have a little
1: girl! Do it, eh? i gonna get to the bottom of your bullshit. Eh? She's my cousin, Hans. Huh? She's a civilian. Ain't right in her. You just fucked up. You lying to me? I'm gonna blow your fucking balls off. Huh? Hey, what's up, Lizzie? What you doing?
3: Hey, Smiley. Just doing homework. You want to talk
1: to Tony? No, no, no. I want to talk to you. Uh, you go to school today?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All day? You didn't ditch? No. No,
3: I went to every class.
2: Why? I heard different. (laughs)
3: Nuh-uh.
2: Cops talked to you today? Um... No.
3: No.
1: All right, yeah, tell me what happened, okay? Don't bullshit me.
3: Um, all right, I I got jumped by these two crackheads today. You got jumped, well, eh? Well, I think they wanted to, like, rape me or something. I don't know. I, I mean, he just slapped me around and everything, but nothing happened, okay, because this cop came. I mean, he came out of nowhere, and they almost killed him, though, but he kicked their asses like bad.
1: This cop, what did he look like? Um,
2: he was a white boy.
3: He looked real young, too.
1: Are sure you okay? Yeah,
2: I'm fine. Nothing happened. Eliti. Hey, yeah.
1: We're gonna talk more about this later.
3: Okay. All right. What's up? What happened? You ain't gonna blast him or
1: what? Huh? Who's telling the truth? Life's a troop, This is some
2: trippy ass homes.
0: That sound is called sucking your teeth when you're writing a script. Uh, you probably you might have already known that. Uh, a couple things come to mind. Um but first, uh, Cliff Curtis is Smiley. Uh, he's actually Maori, if I'm saying that right. Uh, he's of New Zealand, Maori descent. Mm. Um, and he, his first big role, I don't know how big it was, was in The Piano, 1993, which was also an Academy Award winning film. Um, you let's see what else uh, he was in a couple other things um uh ten thousand bc which is yeah um, but he is he was cast in all the avatar sequels so you'll see him in avatar mm-hmm. two through five which apparently two and three are in post-production and four and five are filming according to imdb um i don't know how much bs is is in that or not but uh, yeah, so you'll see him. Oh, he was in Doctor Sleep as well, which I really liked. Did anyone see? Oh Doctor, wow! Doctor
7: oh Sleep? yes, couple times.
5: Okay, a he good was movie. In
0: Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious presents Hobbit and Shaw. What is that?
5: Didn't hear that. And, it's a, it's their new spinoff. That's part of their cinematic universe. It's a
2: uh, oh two, two
5: of the characters. I don't. I never. I have not I'm watched not a single Fast and Furious yeah. movie. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I I am fine with people being car people. I'm just. I, my wife is a car person, and um, she's a Transformer. No, she uh, she can spot a car and tell me to make a model in <laughs> a lot a of the trainer. times a year. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget to <laughs> Tip Jim. Um, so, yeah. Um, he was also in Fear the Walking Dead, which I also haven't watched. Uh, Travis. Oh, he's
7: a dad. Okay. I just started to put that together when you said that. I was like, wait a minute. He kinda, I was thinking that in my mind. Wow.
0: Yeah, so he's been in stuff, uh, and he was really great in this. Um, so I don't know, uh, Maori, uh, he's not a Latino, so no. but, uh, no, that's he did like a pretty good job with the and stuff. Right? Um, even though it was uh, mm-hmm. his cat was saying, kind of stereotypical, he still did had the nuances and stuff pretty good there. Um, yeah, he was Fire Lord Ozai in the Last Airbender, but that was a terrible movie. So he's he's kind of had some some flops, but I mean he's working steady. So mm-hmm. he's, he's out there. Someone had something to say there.
5: Yeah. I was just going to mention that uh, th- this was, so I found this scene interesting because I, I, there was a couple of times in this movie where I thought it was going to go one way. That was kind of like, I basically expected it to be a traditional movie and then it was not. Yeah, uh, right. And in this one, I, in this instance, I was thinking like, I was still under the impression that maybe uh, uh, Alonzo was supposed to be like an Okay character, (laughs) even at this point in the movie, I was like, maybe he's still supposed to be like the bad guy with the heart of gold, kind of like he really is. I was (laughs) buying his bullshit basically at this point, still. Like I was sending a disbelief for him, and so I thought that he had put him in this specific house knowing that the girl that they had stopped the rape of earlier was this kid's this guy's cousin and like knew that that would come out because he had the wallet still and like it was like his 3d chess that he was playing he's like i'll I'll make him seem like he's gonna die but he'll get out of it and it'll just delay him long enough for me to go to my meeting with the russians and like he still cares about hoyt and maybe that is how it's supposed to be read but that's not really how it shakes out like he's still i mean he he, alonzo's just evil yeah no you're not
0: you're not terribly
5: far off because
0: i i remember being with alonzo deep into the movie maybe until this point too like thinking oh he's just intense or whatever you know but um structure wise um firstly uh, the other thing i wanted to say before was i feel like from a writing standpoint the writer and i don't know who it is probably had this little twist worked out early on in the structure um, because it's just too good and then um, secondly, structure-wise, um, it's one of those films that you have to at least watch again to appreciate. It's kind of like once you know what the deal is, it's worth watching yes. again yes. to see how it unfolds and look for those clues, because there's tons.
7: Well, that, that's the part that I... Uh, so I have, I have two questions for you guys, but that uh, what you had just said points to the second question, but I wanted to ask the first question since it's been mentioned where in the film for you guys did you suspect not certain but suspected that uh, alonzo was not a good guy
0: only for me i and i could be remembering this incorrectly but i'll just shout out that it was really this part that i was Mm -hmm. total that i finally kind of when hoyt figured it out you know i figured it out with hoyt and like hoyt was such a great um uh what I'm, like, well, he was such a good uh, representative of the audience. I'm forgetting the word, mm. but um, he he was our uh, our window into sir. this world. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was. We were. I remember feeling. I'll speak for myself as an audience member. I felt as off kilter and, and you know off balance as he did throughout the movie. You know, I was with mm-hmm. him the whole time. So, it for me it worked perfectly because this was the beat where I where I lost faith in Alonso. But uh, I'm curious what other people think, too. Uh,
5: I mean, as much as I just said that I was still kind of on board at this point, I think mm-hmm. by the time you watch that bust of the of his friend, um, you know, or his supposed friend, the uh, uh, Roger, when you Roger, see him bust yeah. rotting, like that whole set, like he is very clearly doing a lot of shady shit at that point. Murder. Like, yeah, for one. Yeah. And it's like you can you can only really sign it off by saying that, like, but Roger was a bad guy. He was just a bad guy that was being protected and he stopped protecting him. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, it's That's a kind like point. More no. gray area, but still, like, at that point, you really shouldn't be on board with Alonzo anymore. No, He's but like,
0: Alonzo Alonzo loses us and then gets us back. That's really the yeah. magic of it, isn't it? Yeah. Because he loses yeah. us even in the beginning. And then gets yeah. us back. And it's like really what I think it was Devin who said, talked about gaslighting in the headline. Um, yeah, he gaslights us back into being on his side so well that I'm back with him. But it was only he never got me back after this scene. But even after his spiel about at the time, and I don't know how well it worked now because I've seen it so many times. But at the time when he said he killed the, his friend, I forget his name now. Um, Roger, yeah. right? um,
7: Roger, Roger.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Um, So when they offed Roger, he lost me then, and um, but he was able to get me back with the spiel about how bad of a person Roger was, right? Maybe I just am naive and don't understand the streets or whatever. Like, yeah,
5: there's a lot of like, I mean, he uses a lot of abuser tactics. So we're talking about gaslighting and like this whole idea of like doing really terrible shit, but then just doing enough good to like, win you back to yourself. like it's, it's like a textbook abuser to the point where it, it had to have been planned and, and written in, by the way, the writer was David Ayer, Thank who, you. Uh, Ayer um, who wrote uh, the bad suicide squad movie. Not the recent good one. Okay. Um, wrote a lot of other cop movies, Sabotage, End of Watch, Harsh Times, SWAT. Um, and also the those. first Fast and Furious. He wrote the screenplay for the first Fast and Furious movie.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, but it's super stuff. popular. I mean, you know, just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's like somebody else's. I mean, clearly that those movies have made like billions of dollars or whatever, so there must yeah, be. Yeah, and
7: of End of Watch was pretty good. SWAT I saw was. I that eh, one. That eh, one I don't know. know if I saw.
0: End of Watch was a lot like Training Day, if I'm remembering correctly. I yeah, it with one. Jake
7: chilling. Seems
0: like of movies
5: are a lot like Training Day. <laughs> he also wrote yeah, the Training Day yeah, TV show, which I didn't money, know. Maybe. I didn't know it's if a good the trick, Training though. Day. Training Day is also a TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I do remember seeing that. Uh, that it was a TV show. Thirteen episodes. Uh, it's about yeah. uh,
6: it's about potty training, though. It's real. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: okay. Not training bras. It's potty training. <laughs> no, that's a,
6: no, that's the porno
0: one. Oh, that's. A cable TV. Yeah, Software,
7: this wasn't Skinna Yeah, Max. yeah. This
0: was yeah. this was So, this
7: was so uh, Pepe and Cat, when did you suspect uh, that yeah, Alonzo? Yeah, was yeah, yeah.
0: Let's continue on. When did Alonzo uh, lose uh, you? Once and for all,
3: I mean, like for me, in the beginning, honestly, <laughs> me, I mean, it, it just felt like he was constantly testing his boundaries, and well, not even testing them, but like definitely pushing and not caring for his boundaries at all um since the very beginning. Because like after he gave him, told him that it was just weed, and it ended up being PCP, right? Is that the drug? Yeah, it was yeah.
0: waste. Yeah, was like, he, he scares the hell out of me. By the way. He,
3: yeah, uh-huh. I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, like, even if this I get the whole like, you have to be one of them to like, for them to not realize that, we're a cop, I get that you really have to play that role. And, and and I'm sure um, people who actually have to do that for their jobs do have to play that role really well. But at the same time, I'm like, this guy is to, going. But... Yeah, I'm like, this guy is going way over what he needs to, to oh, like yeah. play the role like he does not have to be training someone and being like you have to you have to have narcotics in your blood in order to understand narcotics like no i don't i don't agree with that statement. Um, no. So very early on i was just like i was like i at least i was very much like on the fence and i was like i don't trust this guy. I'm like i this is not someone to trust. Um big huh. red flag I, with the PCP. Yeah. I don't I think i, I would
0: have let me i would have let uh i would have had to been laced, uh what's what's the word laced? I don't know. Like uh, drugged, I guess. I would have I would mm-hmm. have had to have been drugged uh without my knowledge a few times, I think. Because trying even yeah. once
3: I think I think the That's the, the interesting part of this this movie is the fact that there was so many times um Ethan Hawke's character could have said, could have just been like, I'm done. I'm you've pushed my boundaries, I'm done, I'm out of this. And he does, oh, yeah. he does continue to make the, the conscious decision of, okay, fine, I'm staying. I'm gonna, I'll stay with you. I'm going to keep going. Because, you know, he wants to be an arc that bad. Um, so, yeah, and
0: his wife, they open the movie, the wife's like, don't screw mm-hmm. this up, you know? Like yeah. you, you know, you want to have the big house. So they dangle plenty of carrots there too, you know? Well, <laughs> yeah.
7: They also give a lot of, a lot of clues so yeah. uh, yes there are. A uh, Dental lot of Washington knows exactly how to position uh, uh, Hoyt, right? And he shows Hoyt the type of person he is by the way he, he uh, deals with the criminals. He always uses like the, the carrot and the stick, and you yep. know, you, you want to go home, you want to go to jail. Every time you have choice A, you have choice B. Choice B yeah. is highly undesirable choice a is a lot more desirable and then he hedges only them. by he mani- comparison <laughs> yes and he manipulates them towards yeah. the choice he wants them to take so exactly how he's treating the criminals i mean that, that happened to the homeless dudes that he beat up uh it happened yeah. to snoop dog's character you, you you know and he didn't even see ethan hawk you, you know uh do you yeah. you know in, in roger's home you want us to put you know a shot in your melon basically to coin the other guy's term oh when or, they're
0: uh, yeah when they're taxing roger yeah
7: yeah or do you want to get out of this but in this case uh hoyt's re- hoyt's thing his desire what he wants is exactly what you were saying you know um as far as he wants to make detective he wants that promotion and that is what Denzel Washington uses throughout the film to kind of dangle in some form or fashion in front of him.
0: And the structure's there to bind, bind yep. uh, Ethan Hawke's character really well. Two things yep. real quick that are crawling around my head. I want to get them out. I got the sense that uh, Alonzo's son was afraid of him. And also yes. I wanted to say that, um, that uh, if he hadn't given Hoyt that PCP, he probably would have not. Uh, been able to get the upper hand on those, uh, the hobo would-be rapists, um, they probably would have kicked his ass, because she, mm. you know, even the way Letty describes it, it's like, without that, PCP's supposed to make it so that you can take even, like, bullets and still still coming.
7: Yeah, you so it's Kind so, of, sometimes. like, supercharged. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: He, like, <laughs> out. oh, sometimes. I don't know much about it. I just remember knowing, I remember hearing stuff about it when I was a little little kid, and it scared the hell out of me, and i it wasn't ever like a popular drug, but you'd hear about it sometimes.
7: Yeah, especially yeah, back in I, the eighties. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I dabble in marijuana recreational. Um, I've mentioned that mm-hmm. a few times. And there was one time mm-hmm. in high school, it was we got some. It was either some really really good weed or it was laced with PCP just because of wow. how it had. And it was like there was like eight of us. Um. So so is yeah, it a desirable know, effect? Day. No, it wasn't. It it, I didn't it wasn't. Think, it didn't
0: sound like it. Like. Some drugs make you feel good, and unless you, you know, poison yourself with them, take too much. But um, uh, some of them are, you know, like why the like the the one that this new generation, and I don't even know if it's it's probably an old hat by now, um, but the the whole like bath salts drug thing that sounds yeah, why would anyone do that? That sounds.
7: I I think it comes down to substances hit people differently. So for for instance, if, if people say i don't touch a drop of alcohol i don't really like how it makes me feel and then yeah, you, you yeah. talk to like you know people who do drink regular and they like i like the way it makes me feel so i think you know uh uh substances hit you differently you, you know that's a good point that.
0: jim yeah 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 with alcohol i hate drinking but i like the being drunk part um yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's since you mentioned it, let's go to the the Roger. T- we're working backwards. We're working oh, from but- the end of the movie back to the beginning. Oh, Devin, has uh, to, Pe- Pepe to, to never the answered uh, when he when he suspected alonzo Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves.
6: Go ahead. Uh, well, I'd seen I'd seen the movie before, so I knew that he was uh dirty from were the get go.
0: Were you unraveling the clues this time? Then, like what what I said in the beginning, you know how he uh-huh. like he wanted to make sure he didn't have a backup gun, you know. He's been planning the shit for weeks, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Um, I mean,
6: I guess it depends on what you're asking. Like, it, when did I when, when did I know well, the first that question Alonzo? Was,
0: yeah, exactly. When when did Alonzo lose
7: you?
6: Well, like when did I know Alonzo was not a person that I liked? Was like no. the first the first scene he was in. With yeah, Ethan no, Hawk.
0: nobody liked him then. Just when did he lose you? As far as well knowing I, that <laughs> it was gonna have to be like a showdown, like he's the big bad, and and that that was gonna be you know the climax of the do film you, type you, of thing.
6: Do you think people don't like Alonzo in this movie?
0: I didn't. I didn't like him. I just thought, you know, there was enough there to keep him keep wanting to work for him, you know.
3: Something. Wanting to go after that
0: carrot. Yeah, I mean, I
6: I think that, I think that, a lot. I think that people want to be like Denzel Washington in this movie, and I think that's probably why he likes this role so much because he gets stacked like such a like a Billy badass, and I think that's stupid. There's
3: something Um, really charming about him what i was gonna say yeah he has he does have a
0: a charm to him but he's you know the things the actions he takes are horrible i mean that's you know that's pretty apparent right off the bat right
3: yeah like like i don't like him off the bat i don't trust him off the bat but there's something that like makes you like uh, like that's very attractive about him not in a Mm -hmm. actual kind of way but just it's like there's something alluring about him and i guess I don't know I don't know why cuz I understand Ben's question but I don't know how to like articulate it well that makes sense of like when did you lose your trust in him even though you even if you didn't like him since the very beginning cuz it's I don't think anyone yeah, liked it's him hard to since the it, very right. beginning. Yeah. When did he lose what?
0: you as far as like what character you thought he was supposed to be playing like you know the boss you know he's training this guy to be part of his team um, but really, he was setting him up the whole time and wanted to murder him. Like, when did when did that twist become apparent? I guess is the question.
6: Um. Well, I don't know. It's so it's hard to say. I guess because mm-hmm. I knew I knew going it's gradual. in. Gradual, but I guess I would say I didn't. I didn't like him from the very beginning. I realized he probably wasn't a very good cop when he let those two those two guys go. That mm. were uh, the trying to be rape that girl, yeah. yeah. Um, and so after that, like all of his other decisions, just sort of like went to confirm my diagnosis of him being like one an asshole and two
0: a bad cop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But did you see this that he would go so far as to just be like, "I'm going to kill this trainee or whatever," and that's my plan, you know, and set him up. Um, not that I didn't like what you're talking about, and also Billy Badass is is funny. I like that
6: too. Yeah. Um, I you know I don't remember when it became. Well, I guess it became clear that he had a backup plan about Ethan Hawke when they were killing. Uh, what's his name? Because then he then he sort of like yeah, Roger. Because then he sort like, yeah, of like laid out his master plan. He was like kind of well, unraveled Mr. Mr. Bond, long. you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 right. I've done these twisting things, the, you know, twisting the mustache. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I mean, I I know you were trying to play a clip, but I mean, like, I think that I think that there's a certain sense in which we are supposed to like Alonzo, and we are supposed to think he's a cool guy, for like the same reason that people that like every like. <sighs> Like seventy five percent of the dudes I knew in college had a Scarface poster up in their room. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, yeah. like Scarface is a—you don't want to be that guy. He's not no. a cool guy. You know,
2: I he see does what have you one
6: mean. Really funny joke yeah. in that movie, but you don't want to be Scarface. Oh, what? What was the funny joke to you? When the cop asks him how he got the scar in his face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. For the life
0: of me, I can't remember what he.
7: What I remember. Uh,
6: <laughs> well, the, he, so he's being interrogated by the cop, and Costume. the cop goes. How'd you? how Yeah, he goes. How'd just you watched, get that scar on like your face, go too God, how'd you get that scar on your face? Eating pussy. <laughs> and Scarface <laughs> goes, "How would you get a scar like this? eating pussy."
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
6: <laughs> Come that's on. so funny.
0: Yeah. No, I. I. The thing that cracked me up was with his buddy, and he was like, "I told him what you told me to tell him. I told him I was in uh sanitarium." Yeah. Yeah.
7: He's yeah, like, sanitarium. "I didn't tell you to tell him that." Yeah. <laughs> to say
0: he was in a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah i always like that but uh um, yeah, yeah let's play this clip since we're talking about taxing roger and stuff i uh, might as well and then we're doing these backwards
4: all right here's the scenario all right let me quarterback this thing mark paul you kick the door in jeff's the first one through roger opens fire bang bang Hits jeff twice our new guy hoy he's in second drops roger with some fine shotgun work who shot roger New guy came in spraying. Paul. The boot shot him. What'd you guys see? Hoyt blasted Yeah, fuck Hoyt, okay? Ambulance time. Done. Paul, call him up. 1149 998. Shots fired. Officer down.
1: Repeat. Officer down. 5951 Baxter Street.
4: Congratulations, son. You're gonna get a Medal of Valor for this. I didn't shoot him. A room full of cops said you did. But I didn't. You did. A Los Angeles Police Department narcotics officer was killed today, serving a high-risk warrant in Echo Park. Give me the bitch. LAPD spokesperson said the officer is survived by his wife and infant child. Shit gets deeper. You get the picture? Yeah, I got the picture.
2: Hey, man! Hey, hey.
4: That is the second time you pointed a gun at me! There will not be a third! Uh, Damn, boy. That's
0: what I'm talking about, Jake. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, you know, I think that what it is is, like, you really do lose. He he lost me there uh, with my trust and whatnot. I saw that he was truly a, a bad guy. But I think I was just still trying to process, like, the crazy crap that just happened when the next scene hits, you know? And maybe uh-huh. Hoyt is kind of, he's just so, like, overwhelmed with what's happening. Um, and also like, man, he has some really bad cops on his crew. Like those guys are all terrible. Like everyone, they're like, they're, yeah. they're also like kind of come off as like cheesy, like Italian job, like crew or whatever, you know? Well,
7: well, they were yeah, all like basically his disciples. There were other guys yeah. that he had, had trained and, you know, uh, bad leader. That was Hoyt's
0: future if he stayed on with him. Yeah,
7: right. bad, bad leader, bad crew, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and they were basically an organized crime unit. And uh, I think it's interesting when he sa- says uh, chestnut checkers, because you had mentioned that, because yep. I feel like that's what the three wise men were doing as well. This whole thing became like, a, it really gave you an insight that this is a political greed machine, you know, power, money. All of it, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. know, they were in it for themselves and they only, uh, uh enacted the law, you, you know, arresting people in, in, in as which it would further themselves. So when, Den, right. you know, with the rapists, Denzel didn't want none of that. That's not going to further his cause besides no, 60, no. $60 he was able to put in the glove compartment, you know, but he wanted the bigger bus because that's more, more juice, you, you know, more power, more control. Yep. You know, if he could make, you know, do something that would lock down a block like that area that he was able to go in like carte blanche style, you know, like untouchable. Yeah, he owned those were the maneuvers he was doing. You know, the informant was part of his plan because they got him the drugs that he could then give to his partner to set him up for later. And it was a chess match watching it, you know, because I did watch it twice this this go around and i started to look at it like a character study so there's a character study like mm-hmm. what could i attribute and man there is so many clues so many clues so many yeah that's kind of why i asked that question earlier it's
0: like when did yeah. you know because it really is worth i mean if you if you hate the movie i get it but i mean you know if you liked it enough or were entertained it is worth another watch just to kind of it's mm-hmm. fun to 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 kind of look at it from that perspective and, and look for those clues again i mean that's why those movies are good for a second watch uh yeah the... yeah, yeah. <laughs>
7: well, well, and those
0: I, the I, three wise men real quick the three wise men I, was another like structural thing uh that helped us as an audience to kind of accept that alonzo was crooked because well they're all crooked right yeah and just his department this is how it is right yeah
7: but but paving the way with a certain type of ideology three wise men that's biblical Mm-hmm, I walk a mm-hmm. higher path that's b- biblical to ascribe mm-hmm. your, You're I mean, isn't that what the mafia did? You know, like that, count, oh, like that ca- counter counter culture, burning the saint, the car, you know, their indoctrination rites. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It was just like that. And it was just like, man. But what really got me is mm-hmm. the, the scene because I because I feel like. I love reading. But to get nuances and stuff like that, you you often have to read passages and pages. Not all the time, but most of the time, right? To get a sense of something. Movies and shows are so great because they can show it in one scene. Yeah. And it gives such a... So, the scene that I'm talking about is when he first goes to Roger's house and introduces Hoyt in as, a, as, a, as a new part, yeah. partner, you know? And Roger says to Denzel Washington... You had that same stupid grin on your face as, um, you know, as he does now, right? Which kind of yep. shows that Denzel wasn't always the person that we see now. He was more of a hero. And so that was such a, and in that one sentence, such a dark display because after totally. that, everybody that has had their hands in being a cop in, in this movie. Is corrupt. So that's the natural, you know, kinda like you know, be care like night Na- night Na- Na- Naiche-, Naiche said, you know, uh, yeah, something Inche. along the lines of be careful when you fight monsters lest you become a monster. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's you know, a perfect
0: quote. And in in writing, you usually want the bad guy uh, to be the dark reflection of the the protagonist. I prefer
5: I prefer Harvey Dent. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain.
0: Be a villain, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another good mm-hmm. one. It's true. Yeah, that was a good one. And, and it so showed there was so much going on in that huh. scene that I liked. Yeah. And I also like that Roger knew Hoyt from his high school football days and knew the exact position he played. And yeah. um, that caught Denzel's uh, Alonzo character totally off guard. Um, which was kind of foreshadowing how Hoyt would catch him off guard later
7: I don't know if it was off guard uh, there's several s- so <clears throat> what's nice about I feel like the second viewing is a first viewing you're hitting those all those emotional beats so you're along for the roller coaster ride and you're like oh my gosh what type of person is Alonzo you know what I mean so you miss a lot of things but on viewing it again there's several scenes where it shows uh, Alonzo calculatingly evaluating the type of person Hoyt is. Oh, that is definitely what it is. And he trusts Roger Roger, to know, right? Yes. And when Roger mentioned that, that was another part for Alonzo to allow Alonzo to calculate.
0: Yes. Maybe off card wasn't the right thing. He was impressed maybe by, by what he heard. And he was also surprised that Roger, he obviously like respects Roger, uh, in that he knows that Roger is sharp and bright and would be uh-huh. able to help him figure out Hoyt, right? He's uh-huh. using Roger to help figure out whether or not Hoyt can be, you know, what he needs him to be, what they'll play the role. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty neat thing that, uh, I think Roger said like, yeah, I always keep my eye on the like good players or whatever, you know, referring back to,
5: that uh, he knew he
0: was like a running back or whatever in, in high school. Yeah.
5: There's also a sort of parallel, like almost Oedipal thing going on where, uh, you know, we watch as Alonzo kills, roger his mentor presumably because he talks about you know knowing him when he first started on the force and this stupid look on his face he yeah he was in some way involved in his training and in this film we see them joking together about how you know he doesn't expect to get shot roger doesn't expect to get shot and then he gets shot and then later we watch as hoyt holds the gun points it at Al- alonzo who says you're not going to shoot me and then he shoots him it doesn't wind up killing him in that scene but it still leads to his death nonetheless
0: mm-hmm, um yeah.
5: so yeah it's it's just you know they're they're laying the breadcrumb trail for that you know,
0: early on in the movie yeah yeah the this whether or not you liked it or enjoyed the movie the structure was definitely very well done and all those all those things were definitely there um i will say that it was kind of neat to see dr dre and snoop dog both in the film in different roles um dr dre is not a good actor but i mean he he did fine um yeah. But I was in the beginning. They play his "Chronic 2000," one of the songs from that, that uh, one of the hit songs from that, and I was like, "Oh, they probably had to pay a lot of money." And I'd forgotten that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were both in the film, and that's probably J, one of the
5: things. Actually, Dr. Dre did the whole soundtrack. That was one of the things I noticed. He he cool. was cool. he was the
0: music I, guy.
5: I don't know what the title
7: He is. was kind of at his peak here, I think,
5: uh, creatively yeah, in those the years. the
7: Chronic. I think the Chronic, did the Chronic come out in 2001? Chronic
0: 2000 I, I, or something came out right around Yeah. Then. So that's the, one of the songs they had in there. And the no. instrument that they pluck is actually I remember thinking it was pretty interesting. They uh, put together a bunch of different instruments to make that sound. That bling, 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 bling. I'm probably doing it not justice because it's such a cool sound. But um, they they ended up like um, compositing a bunch of different instruments to get that unique sound. And I remember kind of that opened my eyes. Like, yeah, you don't just have to record, you know, just a guitar. You can layer things in. And it, creatively, uh-huh. I thought that was pretty, pretty genius. Um, The other thing that they, the, they said in that clip was he called Hoyt, one of the guys called Hoyt a boot. Is anyone familiar with that? What a boot is? Uh-uh. Um, so a boot is somebody like in the military or the police who is just, like, the guy who does everything by the book and is kind of like a, mm. I don't want to say a boot licker is the right turn of phrase, but um, they're just, they call them a boot, like, if they're just the G.I. Joe guy that just is going to follow all the rules and be the hero and, like, go follow every, like, little, you know, nuance of the thing and is really, really into being a cop and really, really into being a soldier, they call
7: them a boot. Yeah, they're lawful neutral, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So I, I, I didn't know that. I, I heard that phrase like a year ago or whatever, and someone told me what a boot was. So when they brought it up in the dialogue, I was like, oh, he called him a boot. And I guess he kind of is. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, since we're talking about um, the three wise men, I'll play their clips, and, and we're also working mm. backwards. So this is, this is good. You got to go backwards to go forwards. Willy Wonka.
7: That's
1: right, that's right. Chasing him for 12 months, a real slickster, gave up nothing. Captain's riding my ass the entire time. Sensing was today. Judge is female. That's right. Landers. Yeah, I know Landers. She's a shop lady.
2: <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No? So before the hearing, guy gets hold of some peanut butter, packs his ass crack with it. What? And he's standing tall before the bench, and he's waiting to give a statement. So he shoves his hand down his pants, comes out with a gob of extra chunky jiff. Right, so <laughs> bailiffs won't come near him.
2: <laughs> now, he's, now
1: he's looking the judge right in the eyes. He licks his fingers clean.
2: <laughs> shit.
1: So the judge says. Uh, Oh, this poor man's insane. He can't go to prison. <laughs> Orders him to psychiatric. She fell for it. Yeah, that's because he's so fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> the time she found out it was sandwich spread, the order was signed, the guy's been transferred.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Proceedings close. Yeah, close. <laughs> that trickle Six months in the puzzle factory, then they'll call him normal and let him loose. Never, ever do a day in prison.
0: And then uh, Alonzo says, well, he worked the system. He got free, you know, and he kind of slips up there. because the other uh, the three wise men don't take really kindly to that, showing that they even have a line that Alonzo's well beyond at that point. But I thought it was also interesting that uh, Alonzo for the first time, like wasn't the one in the chart. He wasn't like the, uh-huh. the big the big uh, the rooster, you know, the, the head yeah. honcho or whatever. It was kind of interesting to see him kind of hedge what he was saying and stuff
5: um let's see here the the existence of the the three wise men is is like part of what makes this movie so like hard to watch for me it's the it's the representation of the entire system is corrupt, Uh which is again very accurate very true to life um yeah and but because we found out it,
0: more so than we might have suspected back in the
5: day. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's very unmovie like to have, there be a whole corrupted system. Cause a lot of the times like with Marvel movies, one of the criticisms is that they're kind of in a weird roundabout way. They're very pro military because whenever mm-hmm. the military is an enemy in like a, a Captain America movie, it's always like a couple of bad guys in the military, but like the whole military is fine, except for these couple of hidden Nazis. You just got to take the hidden Nazis, get rid of them. And then the rest of the military is and then, great yeah yeah and uh in this movie it's it's very unmovie like to see like no, the whole system is corrupt everyone and at every part of this is bad which makes the ending of this movie like awful like obviously Ethan Hawke's character is gonna die like tomorrow after this movie ends like yeah he gets to like walk off into the sunset figuratively but like you know, Alonso's whole crew is gonna come and murder him and his wife and his kid tomorrow. Like why would why wouldn't they? Like that's a know, good point. I mean, at least he should be screwed. looked whether or not they do,
0: he'd be having to look over both shoulders the rest of his career, right? Yeah,
5: he's never gonna be able to be a cop again. Like uh, yeah, it's why it's would he want so to so depressing? Though. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, he
7: becomes very I'm sure he would become very disillusioned. As far as my own personal chess match, I mean that was satisfying because he won, you know.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He won the um, battle, definitely not the war.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
5: If Isn't I might, thing, I was
0: going to Oh, okay, go ahead, Kat.
3: Um, well, I was going to bring up cuz like you mentioned Marvel Devin and I was thinking about how this movie reminds me of, you know, like I learned about how like a lot of the Marvel movies are funded by the military as like propaganda to recruit people into the military. Hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe during this time period or like also like 90s in the movies there's a lot of like cop movies that even if it's this it's this weird dilemma like even if they show like how corrupt cops are or even in this movie where I agree with you like it's typically you don't have like a whole system where everyone's corrupt um it's still like People will walk out of this movie being like, "Oh, Denzel Washington, he was a badass. I want to be like him. I want to be like a narc cop because he just was so cool." You know, even yeah. though it's like showing yeah. you like these are corrupt cops, it still has this weird like I feel like mm-hmm. propaganda of like making yeah. cops look. I'm with cool. you on that, Kat. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I watched.
0: <laughs> I remember when I watched Karate Kid. I came out throwing you know karate kicks and stuff, and similarly. <laughs> When we came out of this, uh people kind of had an, that were doing the kind of like Billy Badass thing coming out of the theater and stuff. So I I, I get what you're saying there. A few of you yeah. have something
5: to add. I was gonna say, like one of one of two people walks out of this movie. One of them is is what you're describing, Cat, who you know think that Alonzo was a like cool guy, and even though he was bad, it's like it's cool to be bad. Um, And the other one, you know, they see it's good Jake. to be bad. Yeah, like and the other person sees Jake as the white knight in this scenario who's, like, fighting the corruption and they're like, I want to be mm-hmm. that guy. I want to I want to get into the system so I can change it from the inside out. And, mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, just as misguided. Like, you know, both of those people are not understanding what actual police work is and how to be a cop. Yeah. Um,
0: um yeah,
5: I, well, so I mean, the second, the keep second keep one going, of those rolling. two okay. has
0: to
6: be...
5: The better option. Well, better. of course, yeah, but it's still like, you know, a very like, you know, hero cop complex, which is still not a good I'll, way to see police work.
3: I would also argue too that the one of the big things why and I sympathize with Alfonso's character was it reminded me of I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Um Was <clears throat> Black Judas, what was it called? God. Um uh, oh, I'm forgetting. I'm on
0: IMDB. Do you want me to look up an actor?
3: Um <clears throat> I can't even remember the actor's name. Uh, it's...
0: It was something Judas and the Black Messiah.
3: Judas and like the Black Messiah. Judas, Judas and
0: the, Black, and the Black, 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 Black. Black Yeah. Oh, that's very new, um, yeah. It
3: reminded me of that because obviously Judas is the bad person. He ended up being like the, you know, the snitch of the... of. Uh, <clears throat> oh, my God, I'm forgetting the Black Panther Party member. Black Panthers. Um,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But
3: essentially it reminded me of like, okay, he is a bad person because he's basically snitching on his own people um, Mm -hmm. in order for him to benefit from it. And this was kind of the same thing that Denzel Washington is kind of snitching on his own people to benefit and get ahead. And the reason I'm sympathetic towards that is because of the fact it's like, they're both being damaged by the same system, that they have to, they have to resort to these extreme ends in order to get ahead right i don't know if that if y'all are following mm-hmm. what i'm saying and oh, yeah, so totally. some extent i am more sympathetic like um uh, what's his name in hawk's character um Wait. him Wait. wanting to end the, the the crime and all that stuff and like be the good person it, it, obviously he has good intentions but what he's missing from that is that and being the kind of cop he wants to be um to stop this crime isn't really actually ending crime. Like we know like Yep, good point. Right. Like being this badass cop is not what's actually gonna help these people. It's like giving these people resources, giving them education, giving them the fair, you know, all that stuff, that's actually what's gonna help crime. Not yeah. not your white knight, you know, vision of what is uh-huh. be a good cop. So in some ways, I, I get where you're coming from, like, Pepe, what you're saying about like, well, he's he would be the better person, right? versus Alfonso. And like, s at a very like, I think, superficial level. But I also think if you look deeper into it, it's like, well, Alfonso was also victim Alonzo. of his, Alfonso was the same victim w- was also another victim of the same system,
0: yeah. yeah. And if right. if white had gone on, he probably would have become similar trying you know with the going in with the best intentions because it was it was broken on both ends wasn't it
7: yeah Um, but uh uh, going back to the dichotomy of liking alonzo's character thinking he's a badass and wanting to emulate that i i think there there can be a separation though you know i i think that just looking at Alonzo's character in the cold open, right? When he's sitting in the diner and he's got the gold Mm -hmm. chains and the black jacket. I mean, he Mm -hmm. looks like a, 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 he, he looks in a lot of time. He looks across between like shaft, you know, that coolness of shaft, but obviously his wardrobe, I I feel like his wardrobe is part of uh, detailing his character because he's half in and half out. Um, And then when he gets in his, you know, his ride, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. He's definitely living that life. You know, he's straddling that line. And it reminded me actually of the movie deep cover. Uh, I think it was 86 with, or thereabouts with Lawrence Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum. But in that one, Lawrence Fishburne is a cop who has to go deep undercover. 92. 92. Okay. So it was later. And he took like some type of personality test or something like that. And they felt Mm -hmm. like he was a best candidate to be undercover because he had a lot of traits that were criminal in nature. And there's a line in that movie where he says, I've kind of lost whether I'm a cop trying to be a criminal or a criminal trying to be a cop. And that fits like Alonzo's character kind of to the T in that essence, you know. You know, I was thinking, like, how
0: many movies have really done that where they've portrayed the corrupt police system sort of thing? I was like, probably this is one of the first ones that portrayed it as just unilaterally corrupt. But, you know, as I was sitting here thinking and we're talking, I I was kind of compiling a short list. I don't know if it shows that the deep cover one was completely corrupt, but Serpico would be an Sir early Pico. one, right? Serpico, yep, I was going to say that. LA Confidential, yep. Yep. Uh, The Departed. Any any mm-hmm. other ones come to mind where they're where they're just like have the corrupt cop thing? Some I might have covered the, the gamut there. Yeah, the there's, wire. There's plenty of them. Oh yeah, the well, there's I don't know if the whole department. They, they show corrupt corruption and
7: wire, in systems. They show yeah, the they corruption in systems failure, at least. and the impact. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was such a good show. That was a early early uh still talked
7: about it's still talked about
0: i yeah i i watched it a couple of times through and Mm -hmm. um it's probably worth another a
7: third watch
0: what what was the city it took place in again i always forget
7: uh it was a baltimore
0: i think it was baltimore yeah it was baltimore yeah such a great series if if you guys haven't watched that Mm -hmm. it was like still when like hbo was kind of like emerging as like this um they're kind of cutting the path for what we now take kind of for granted with uh, with TV, you know, like with grittier, the series. more grown up.
7: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they were um, they were off fresh off the success of Oz, Sopranos, Six Feet Under. Yeah, I Oz think was we, got some one. acclaim, and mm-hmm. then they released The Wire, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is really Wire good, is
0: amazing, seriously yeah. good. And this kind of has a similar tone. Mm-hmm. as the wire um, and when did the wire let me look up when the wire came out since i have
6: it up this reminded this reminded me a lot of the shield actually mm. that uh, that show the shield with uh, yeah. michael chiklis
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah chiklis so what was his name i would, i'm terrible with names he had the name oh his character's name I don't remember yeah what his yeah character's yeah name was. the it was the commission was a different show um the wire season yes wire came out in 2002 so definitely same mm-hmm. era and what was the one you were talking about, Pepe? The Shield. I think that was his breakthrough show, right? Yeah. Michael Chiklis. Chiklis. Yeah, Chiklis. Yeah, I think so. Oh, the Vic. Shield. That was his name, Vic, Vic Mackey. Yeah. Yeah. The Shield came out in 2002, so same era. So interesting. Yeah. There was something going yeah. on in that era. Something where like the seriousness was was hitting. But uh, I kind of. Um, lost the thread there when i was talking about the uh some of the actors in this that i wanted to talk about that you've uh, seen him in raymond cruz was the one with the tattoos on his face mm-hmm. um he's been in a few notable things alien resurrection uh under siege uh he was one ah. of the one of the guys in that uh clear and present danger so a few a few kind of bigger ones in the 90s and then this was kind of his later thing well but he played, played a big steady. role in
6: uh he played a big role in um <laughs> shit that that show about the guy who cooks meth breaking bad breaking bad Breaking Bad. Better,
0: yeah he's also better call Saul yeah Tuco He's also Probably better everyone call Saul, knows Saul, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah everyone will know him as Tuco yeah that's right mm-hmm. good good call um but he's on a ton of tv he's been in just about everything from CSI he's an intense, he's an intense uh, actor yeah he is the closer I'm just going through here, um uh, major crimes, of course, so I said, better call Saul. Um I guess there was a get Shorty TV series that was on for a second. He was in that, yeah, and he's still doing stuff. Um, the three wise men, Tom Beringer. He was a notable one. Uh Scott Glenn, who played Roger. He was in Silence of the Lambs, Jack Crawford. yeah um. Hunt for Red October, Backdraft, Sucker Punch. Uh, still working. He was really uh, great. Uh, he was in the Leftovers TV series, if anybody saw that one. He was in the Daredevil TV series. Which I really liked. That was probably the one of the better. Did you guys all like the, uh, speaking of Marvel, did you guys like the uh, Netflix uh, Marvel series at all? I don't want to digress too much. Can I get a quick consensus I liked,
5: on like I liked the first season of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Um, yes, both, exactly. Both of the second seasons of both of those shows kind of lost my interest. Yep. I don't know what Me it was too. exactly. Uh, it was just Marvel fatigue at the time or, or what, but uh, particularly the first season of Jessica Jones was really good. God, wasn't that? I was going to say, I'm so glad you agree. Everyone I mean, has they, to watch the
0: first season of Jessica Jones. I don't care yeah. for really the rest of the Defenders thing um some of it's it's kind of like hit or miss but uh definitely the first season of jessica jones was excellent
5: i mean you put david tennant in anything it's like it's gonna be worth watching it david so tennant, it's incredible yeah.
0: yeah i made a joke about mr per- uh, the purple man or mr purple or whatever to you pepe and you didn't know it so have you not seen that no i i haven't oh yeah it's worth checking out it's such he's such a good villain um the kid uh, Kaijul and Jolly who played, um, Alonzo's son never worked again. He was just in this one thing. So uh-huh. I wonder if something happened where it was off-putting or he's just like, yeah, I don't like this. At least his parents didn't force him to, to keep working. And Letty, the girl who played the little, uh, uh smiley's cousin who uh-huh. was accosted. Um, she's still working, doing a ton of stuff. Um, She was in something. She played another character named Letty in Harsh Times, which is a Tom Cruise movie. Um, She was in Saved by the Bell, the new class. She was one of the characters on that. Uh, From Dust Till Dawn, she was in that.
7: Harsh Times was Tom Cruise or was it Christian
0: Bale? Damn, that looks like Tom Cruise in the poster. You're right. It's Christian Bale. I just want to show a picture of it just because it. Looks like him. Let me let me actually do that for those that are watching. that uh, that Tell me, that... tell me this doesn't look like Tom Cruise. Those who can see this, go ahead, Pepe. They'll, they'll be able to see it. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna
6: say that outfit that she's wearing when they come across her just like cracked me up. It was like, okay, did she buy her like school uniform at a sex shop? Like, what the fuck is this? It was it was like so ridiculous. It just cracked
0: me up. Well, yeah, this movie if if anything had just stereotypes through and through. So, we'll definitely admit that. Yeah, that's just yet a pile it on, right? Um there was some other ones, but I think that's probably enough. I'll go to uh I'll go to the uh Oh, well, of course. Um yeah, I thought uh, when I was watching this one I was like, is that is that Macy Gray, the Sandman's wife? Sure enough, it was Macy Gray, the singer. Oh, wow. Um, and she did such a great job. Uh, Hell, Macy Gray him yeah. his wife. Uh, I didn't know she could act. She held her own with Ethan Hawke and Denzel in that scene. I'm going to play a clip only yeah. because uh, I have to give it up to her. She did such a great job. And um, that was some scary shit that went on in that scene. And it was also showing that corruption. And she was right. You know, she didn't back down uh, about the corruption. And I'll also want to get to the chokehold thing. Uh, which will be next since we're doing this all backwards. Mm. But uh, Macy Gray, she deserves a little call out. She did a wonderful job with some of the best actors in the business.
7: Nice. Ma'am, please stay seated. Come
1: up here like you pay the rent, motherfucker. Right, sit down. Man, y'all stink. You got to get licked up to do your business up in here.
2: All right, sit down y'all now.
1: you You gonna shoot me, boys? Dimitri, close your eyes, though. Punk-ass cop is gonna shoot me! Sit down right now! Okay,
4: okay, okay, okay. Everything is fine. We made a mistake. Didn't find a damn thing. I'm very sorry. And, uh, thanks for your cooperation. Let's
1: go. I wanna see that warrant. What? I wanna see that goddamn warrant.
4: There you go. Let's go.
0: of a first day at work but yeah she held her yeah. own with some great actors there I have to, that was have to give her she did a good I didn't job. Even,
7: I didn't even know that was Macy Gray that's awesome I know
0: me neither I was like I, I was kind of like questioning myself watching it I was like man it looks like Macy Gray and sure enough it was and she was also in the Spider-Man uh, movie but she was playing herself in that so I didn't know she uh-huh. had any kind of range yeah um, and so that was kind of neat to figure that out um, so uh, pro- uh, midpoint um, that, okay. So they were stealing the Sandman's 40 grand to, hmm. uh, buy that arrest warrant for Roger. Uh, the midpoint is when Alonzo gets the green light to tax Roger. I already got, I always got to call it the midpoint. So, um, he taxes, he just, he gets the green light, buys the, the arrest warrant from the judge or whatever. And then, uh, so basically the midpoint is when Dr. Dre enters the picture. We'll just say that um chokehold that takes on a whole new meaning after uh, black lives matter has come to the forefront
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and but this was in 2000 when they shot this and it was probably written in like 99 2000 um so the writer really must have known his cop stuff back then because he mentions the chokehold i'll play this clip
4: reminds me when i was out there chasing down bad guys rocking their world that was some pretty amazing shit you did back there right thanks yeah, I noticed you applied that uh that chokehold though, huh? <laughs> I thought that was a no-no procedure, boy. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and you did what you had to do, right? You did what you had to do. That's right. Ooh. So the wolf does. You a wolf? <laughs> come on, wolf. Oh! come on, dog. Oh! Ooh. <laughs> no, I said a wolf, not a rooster. A wolf. That's a rooster. Give me a wolf. <laughs> Fuck this, man. Give me that beard. Ah, there you go. That's my nigga. You got the magic eye, Hoy. You have the magic eye. You up your street IQ. You're gonna do some damage out of here. I guarantee you. Crime fighter
0: it's kind of chilling because you know that's become like a, a an issue that's been at the forefront of in america basically recently um, yeah many times many times and it makes me wonder if the wrong kind of people became cops from watching something like this it's a little bit chilling to me and, you know the the kind of person that would want watch this movie and come away like cat was saying like where where they would might watch this and want to be like that and think that that's what being a cop is like. Those are probably the exact kind of guys that would go out there and be fuckers and use those kind of holds on people. Cat's nodding, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Am I, am I going too far with, with this fantasy or what? Or do you think that maybe that, that applies?
3: I mean, it's like, I always try to like not go to the extreme of like, You know, arguably, a lot of the media movies that we watch is propaganda for some sort of ideals or values. But um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, it's a yeah. Watching this movie definitely reminded reminded me of like I'm like this feels like it could be used. um, Yeah, I don't know. It's propaganda for to be a cop. And though, like again, it's like it's it's like it could be a movie about like them being not good like obviously not it's like wolf of wall street it's like the guy leonard dicaprio who he plays is not a good person but mm-hmm. so many unfortunately um <laughs> men who watch that movie and they're like i want to be him and be it's like, like yeah it's like what did you not watch that movie like same with goodfellas you miss the whole the, point yeah they
0: don't see the fall right yeah the wrong kind of per- like most of us will walk away being like jesus christ that guy was a mess but like you know, the wrong type of person, this will send the wrong message to, or maybe it's the yeah. intended message. I don't, I don't know. That's the debate. I don't
3: even part. think it's necessarily that. But I definitely
0: think, well, I definitely think some people will walk away with that movie or those types of movies. Like they would take some only the positive parts away, or the you know, like the Billy badass part. I guess would be the positive scare quote part that they they might be attracted mm-hmm. to. It's going to attract the wrong type of people to police work, is I guess what I'm saying.
3: Well, I would argue that, like, Wolf of Wall Street, this movie, you know, these type of movies, that that it's... Those roles, those bad guys, are intentionally romanticized and glamorized. So I don't even think it's, like, the wrong people are going into it being like, I want to be like them. I think it's, like, intentionally, like, anyone... I mean. I mean, obviously, like, there's a lot of people who watch movies, and it's like, this is just a movie, I don't want to be anything like these characters, like, clearly, like, there are people who are like, are able to be like, this is just a story. This was just entertainment, I don't care to be anything like this. Unfortunately, like, when you watch so much media, after some point, um, it becomes part of your subconscious of what you idealize or what, you know, the way you perceive the world and stuff. And unfortunately, we do consume a lot of media. So it does become, you know, to a point, an issue. And, um, but I think with these kind of movies, they do glamorize these awful people and these awful, you know, I mean, at least these examples have all been men. They glamorize these really awful men. And it will, it's intentionally meant to make you feel like this person is a badass that you do want to be like, even if they are bad. It's true.
0: Uh, I remember watching another, I remember I said I, that, you know, I came out of karate could throw on high kicks, but really it's like any of that media kind of, you can't help, but it rubs off on you a little bit unless you're like really conscious of it. And, and, you know, you know, knowing that that can be an effect, you kind of can counteract it or whatever and kind of realize it for what it is. I remember coming out of Pulp Fiction and uh, my friends and I were kind of dickheads to each other after that because we were trying to be Tarantino or something. And uh, I remember thinking, yeah, we're OK. We need to, like, shake this off because this is this is stupid. You know, um, we don't have to, you know, play Pulp Fiction after we go watch it, you know. But um, I, I think it, it, it you almost can't help it, uh, it kind of rubs off on you. The things that you watch, You know, you come away. I came away. At very least, you're going to come away feeling a little anxious after watching something like this.
5: I think definitely that I think romanticize is the right word here. I think that that's kind of the problem. It's like you can make a movie where the thing that's happening is objectively bad, but you make it so good. You make you like, you make the piece of media so enjoyable in like a visceral way, you know, whether, you know, whatever that is, it's like a broader, broader than just this film, but in some way it is so enjoyable, you know, in this case because Denzel Washington's character is so charismatic and so like fun to watch in a way um that it rubs off on you in a way it's like a lot of people said this with um the last of us 2 the video game that game what made made killing people so hyper realistic to the point that like you can feel the individual bones of someone's face cracking as you smash their head in in the vibration of the controller to the point where like some people are going to feel that and be like wow this feels incredible i want to go do this to like people in real life like i'm not one of those people who believes that video games cause violence but i think that if you're a violent person the more violence you can experience the closer you can get to the real thing, the go. more you're going to want the real thing. And so it, it does take a specific kind of person. I do agree with what you said, Ben, like a certain type of person sees this movie or plays a game like that. And is like, I'm very into this, this thing, this has triggered something in me. And I want to go seek this out in yes, real life.
0: Thank you. Because you're saying it more eloquently than I, than I put it. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to get at. There's oh, yeah. it's going oh. to appeal in the they don't, like for me, I see the downfall part. and I'm like, yep, that's why you don't want to, you know, dot, dot, dot. But um, some people aren't are just the other the romanticized part and the upswing part of the movie and the narrative. That's the part they're going to see And the other part. I, I don't know what what is it about a, a person that wouldn't see the downfall part and factor that in. Well, am, I, am I totally off base here?
7: Well, I think so. Uh, the characters that Kat described, like the Wolf of Wall Street, Alonzo mm-hmm. here, Scarface earlier, it, it, there is an appeal to, and this is just very general, you, you, you know, if we get that one common email, you know, <laughs> um, but um, it, it's an appeal to the male psyche because we do, okay. as males tend to, right, these are just tendencies, tend to look at status, power, You you know, Mm -hmm. even the language we use to each other and to women. Um, Mm -hmm. And so these characters are both powerful and in control. And they're either defying a system or they're using this system to their own advantage, right? They have their hands on the reins. That's, I I feel like that's the commonality and it appeals to males, And in a much different, in so many different ways, like, you know, someone who feels powerless, well, these are powerful characters, so you will romanticize that aspect of it, right? You know, we all each come away from a movie-going experience with our own, I mean, through our own individual lens, you you, you know? And I, I feel like, you know, being a male, that part of it does definitely, you know, touch upon us, you know?
5: I think that the the way thats I, I totally agree with you, Jim. I don't want to just skate over what you're gonna say, yeah. but I think that responding to what Ben was saying that the the way you can ignore the downfall in this movie and and go away with it wanting still wanting to be Alonzo mm-hmm. is a mistake the movie makes, both in, in its like kind of moral obligation and also in its I think the weakest point in its plot is that he like gets pissed off and beats up a Russian like. Uh-huh. Mobster Somebody, and mobster, yeah, yeah. and then he and then that's that's that leads to his death. That is the only. If that did not happen, he would not die. He would never get caught. His racket would continue presumably forever. So it wasn't because it's, it was him having to accelerate all of these different uh, uh, hustles he was running to get all this money together because he had to get together a million dollars. And it's because he had to accelerate all these plans and do it all at once and have this rookie catch him doing it. That's what leads to his death. And so someone could walk away and say, well, I'm not going to beat up some Russian mobsters so I could do everything Alonzo's doing and get away with it because I'm just not going to do that one stupid thing, that one, you know, uh, uh, weak point in his plot. Yeah, oh, now uh, I know literally. what not
0: to do so I can be yeah. the, uh, the mega Alonzo or whatever. Oh, Pepe, where's the disconnect? You're going to talk on this, right?
6: Well, I, I just Well, I'll say I was hoping to say two things, but I think the first thing is that that Alonzo is a badass is what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. I think that just is. What percentage of this movie is Alonzo being Billy Badass? Like 99%. What percentage very, of it, very end. What percentage of it is him getting his comeuppance? Like two minutes, right? Yeah. So yeah. this movie so is it. about him being a badass. That's what this whole movie is about.
0: Um, so how do we fix think, it? Do we balance that with less of a bad... I mean, not fix it, but I mean, if we were going to... If we were, if our goal was solely to like sell the like lesson to not be like him to those who might take it the wrong way, what do we do to balance that out?
6: Well, I don't, th- I don't know that you could make this. I mean, you'd have to this. It would be a different movie, right? It would be a totally oh, it different it movie. would?
0: Yeah. see, we want to ruin it though, right? So <laughs> make a bad movie, but, but our <laughs> only goal was to like not have people take the wrong lesson. What What would that take? I mean, is it
6: doable and still I mean, make it a would, good movie? It would take, like, removing Alonzo's character from this movie. <laughs> it would, well, yeah, yeah so what exactly. I thought, You'd ruin what the I thought was
5: going to happen, what I, what I kind of expected early on in the movie, and kind of how I justified... Uh, Jake going along with everything that Alonzo was doing was that Jake was an internal affairs officer. He was undercover, oh, okay He All was right. gonna un, like reveal he was gonna go along with everything Alonzo did, say yes and to everything, get him to do a bunch of crimes and then be like you know throw the book at him basically that that's like the the plain movie version of this movie like if it was just a summer blockbuster and it, it would not be as famous and, and well renowned as it is if it was like that if it just no, had like, I mean, kind of a tiny also bow is- in the end
0: there's no breadcrumbs to that end either in, in yeah. the film. So we'd be like, Oh, that was a fast one. You know, you almost have to I mean, almost have, to have is, those clues there. If you're going to do that. I
6: think this is a problem that's like systemic to this genre though. Right. Because okay. it kind of has this, like you might've heard the saying that like, it's impossible to make an anti-war movie. Like, have you heard that before?
0: No, but, uh, my brain is, uh, the, the gears are spinning on that, but continue.
6: Yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's similar with gangster movies. It's impossible to make an anti-gangster movie cuz like even like even like Godfather and Godfather 2 uh-huh. like you know like there's like I, like even There's still my, an appeal like,
0: there, I, right? Like hey, uh, that's, Don is pretty cool. Yeah,
6: that's the thing. It is appealing, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. And like you have you have a whole like you have a whole generation of th- 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 that idea becomes the sort of like defining mark of a whole like race of italian americans you know
0: okay martin scorsese's films i love martin scorsese's films they are all basically that what you're describing aren't they there's probably well, a few not, there's all, sort of a, them, not no. all of them but all the ones that i really like <laughs> okay like Goodfellas yeah. and casino and the departed etc you know those ones but, that he's really well known for But I think
6: that I think that when you when you see that you can like come to the further realization that it's that like um, to make something really bad really well is a thing that is possible. Mm -hmm. And then when you like realize that you realize that like there are that like media is dangerous. You know, because you can make bad things really, really appealing. And that doesn't just happen in movies. It happens in everything.
0: No.
6: I <laughs> think we're getting music, a lot of comeuppance in books
0: in, right now it it in our society. In we're getting a lot of comeuppance from that. And that's almost like social media is like the crack of media or something in that sense. Yeah, right. Yeah.
6: Well, social media, I think, is the evils of social media is, I think, somewhat different. But um, I see what you mean, though. Yeah
3: to add because this is what i was really like thinking about at, especially at the end when um alfonso's character <clears throat> says something like if you if you want to be a man you, you got to kill or something like you're not a man if you don't kill like that was one of his lines and just that one that that's not a line that i've not heard in other movies before right like it's like yeah, you gotta, like, you gotta fight, you gotta, you gotta kill if you want to be a man. And so, like, of course, if you think about it, it's like, no, I don't have to kill or fight anyone to be a man, like, that's stupid. But when you keep hearing kind of those things, subliminally told, like, throughout so many movies that you watch that are very, like, hyper-violent, like, it it really um, romanticizes violence, it's like, you can't, I don't know. I I just, I think about all these, this genre specifically, like action-packed or like lobster movies and all these things. It's like, they're entertaining, but at the same time, they're very much like catered towards like men, like a male fantasy that I don't understand. Like as a woman, I yeah. don't understand. And I also think that a lot of these movies, like The Godfather, Scarface, all these movies that are like, of course they're good and they're iconic, but I'm like, if this was just, if this was just like shown to like a female audience, would this movie been as good as it as as it it was received? Like, yeah, sure. I, I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but it's, it's no. And even I as do... a guy,
0: I don't think I understand it. Just real quick, I don't. I'm. We're also in this conversation. I'm realizing I don't really get it either. There is an appeal there, but I I'm having trouble. I guess it's just the, yeah, something about the male psyche or something that we crave that kind of status, uh, fantasy or something.
3: Yeah. That's, that's that's just always like my general feeling about these movies where I'm like, I can understand why it's good. I get it, but I don't get the hype and I don't, and it seems like I, it's always very much hyped with, with men. And, and and I'm just like, I, this must be like this must cater to like, sort of male fantasy that i just i don't understand maybe in the same way like i don't know romance movies are catered towards the female fantasy i don't know sure um and those are obviously really huge generalizations but um they are there's something my wife
0: and i are like the cliche of that because she won't she wouldn't like training day and i don't she loves like lifetime movies and stuff there's something about and she knows they're like low budget and you know a lot of them are crappy writing and stuff many of them are but there's something there that's kind of like that she that she finds appealing or whatever, and like couples arguing on like 90 Day Fiancé, and I'm just like, oh god, please turn it off. But uh, something there is appealing to her, and maybe she doesn't exactly know what it is. Just in the same way that I'm having trouble kind of um, putting my finger on what it is about these movies that I love, because I do love them. I God, I remember, I still remember the first time I watched The Godfather and the impact it had. Yes. Well, I
6: mean I don't think it's that big of a mystery. I mean, like men and women have different interests and are interested in different
3: things. Yeah, but can I add that women I know if, that,
0: but I mean, what's the mechanism under under there? What what is it that it's satisfying it? I
3: mean, can you I well, know so the
0: fundamental the foundation the, of it?
3: If women like romance, which is about love, and men like violent movies that are about violence and power, doesn't that or like doesn't that tell you what like that's a huge indication, I don't and I don't think it's that hard to like objectively, I think the people that are interested in 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 content that is about love are tend tend to be more I don't know uh, like <laughs> how am I, okay, I'm trying to say this like Do you nicely. we
0: know you're generalizing, so, so it's okay. I, know,
3: I know i'm very very much generalizing, but um, I'm also trying to say this nicely like. Men are interested in content that's about violence and like overpowering other people. Yes. It's not a good thing about men. That does not say a good thing about men. If women are interested about love, that's not a bad thing about women. Like, like, okay. I don't think, you know, love is a I'll, good thing and allow violence me to is a bad though. thing.
0: It is. But, I, okay, so this is going just basically back to evolution. And this is just when I'm talking about what is the foundation of this. I'm talking about like caveman shit, right? Like we evolved this caveman, and we haven't really evolved since society started too much. I'm sure there's a bit going on there, but you know it hasn't been some great leap. And so the things that we react to now in our modern society are really just like going back into that the, that primal thing that we came up with. So yeah, uh, being a strong uh, alpha male, you know, with the status and the ability to win in violent in a very violent universe world, whatever uh, that we came into, uh, that was very important. And the men who weren't like that were killed. Right. And so like the ones that were like that survived and there we, and there we have it. And then uh, as far as being a female, those, those, and again, we're generalizing here, you know, um, widely. So um, that the, the women that uh, find that stuff appealing about, you know, keeping the society together and a family together and stuff that, those are the ones who it was best to their survival in, the, in that, in the, under those circumstances, right? And a lot of that stuff now, especially with uh, the violence, uh, it no longer serves in the society, and the world that we live in today. I know it does in certain, um, you know, in times of war maybe, um, but I think also the propensity towards violence also like propagates wars that probably don't need to happen you know, and violence that maybe doesn't need to take place. But because those evolutionary traits are there, like driving uh, us still uh, like a moth through a window, you know, a moth will keep hitting against a window uh, if it sees a light on the other side. And it, there's no mechanism in its brain to tell it, hey, there's a clear window there. You should fly around it. Like that just, there there was no evolution there in the moth. So it's kind of like similar, right?
5: Yeah. Th- I mean, there's also, I think... Uh... A nature versus nurture argument here and you know obviously that's a whole tangent but like you know it depends also on on how you're raised and the sort of cultural norms you're injected with like i uh you know i was raised by my mother since i was like six years old and movies like this do nothing for me i don't get any thrill watching violence i don't watch i don't like watching people being you know, dominated, you know, that, that mm-hmm. whole, like mm-hmm. none of that, that like base male instinct is in me. I don't have any of it because I was not raised mm-hmm. by a mm-hmm. father who had been taught that that was how men should act. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. as you go backward in the generations, those men are more and more willing to accept those norms. And so if you were someone who was raised by your father, primarily, you'll probably have more of those male traits. If he, if he was Maybe. raised by his father, primarily, you know, a lot of it's T- learned to a behavior. Yeah, there's also,
0: yeah. there's also, you know, And again, and the the important point I was making was that, yes, we are generalizing. So there's also, you know, room for uh, different types within that. But, you know, in a general sense, like little boys will tend to be more violent. You know, that's just just kind of a thing that you can just watch a group of boys playing and they're going to be playing like, you know, G.I. Joe or Soldier or whatever, you know, everything to do with like guns and violence and stuff. I got you. Right. They'd say it in the Terminator uh, in Terminator two, that scene with the two kids just kind of like shooting each other uh, in slow motion. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, it's a good yeah. scene. He's like, man, are we going to survive or what, you know, are we just inherently violent? But I, I think there's something to be said. There's, there's, you know, it's a combination of the two, but of course we're generalizing. I don't mean to disagree with what you're saying, Devin. Yeah. I think nurture has a lot to do with that. And especially if someone has a propensity towards violence, but they come up in a, a nurturing environment we can see that 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 it leads to better results in most cases um and then those without those social structures there tend towards uh in the other direction and is well, it always their fault I, I, no it isn't
6: i mean but on the on the other hand i guess i'd say I, maybe to to give oh some sort of counterpoint to cat mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
6: um i mean media like this has always In some sense, supposed to provide a catharsis, right? Yes, that's why. That's why, like, that's why, like, the king would go the 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 king of Greece, right, would go to see the tragedies because he knew that in that venue it was okay for him to be seen like openly weeping, right? And he would have that like catharsis. Yes, Um, and so there's, I think it's important to monitor your. Um, like media intake
3: sure. um,
6: because like like recently i went and saw audition in the theater and i had seen that a um, movie like a long time ago in like a different time of my life and like this time when i sat through it i was like why did i put myself through this you know mm-hmm. um, it's just like an experience i don't necessarily want to have you know and like thing and movies like this it's like you got to you know, you have to have a certain amount of self-awareness of like, how is this going to affect me? Is this going to affect me in a negative way or in a neutral way or in a positive way? Or cause like I could I can watch like the goriest horror movie, like audition, you know, and like not really bad. an eye. it's not going to affect me in like the ways that it's going to affect Devin. Right. Um, and that's for a number of probably different reasons. Um, but then you you have these movies where it's like, well, why did I even put myself through this experience? It didn't do me any good, um, you know. And so I think that I think that
0: that is. You thought know, you were going to like it, though, because you posted a picture of yourself in the theater. Were you just excited about going out to the movies?
6: Uh, I was excited about going to the movies and I did yeah. think I was going to have fun. Um, OK.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. I remember talking to you, you pulled up, you came by my place after on your way back home and i had asked you about it you said similar you had a similar sentiment then and um yeah so yeah did you remember my, it different or something or? my memory of it was
6: also different yeah um because so for for people that don't know in audition yeah, so i was gonna say audition, audition is famous for probably a movie that has the sort of hardest heel turn in history um and it's sort of heel turns from a sort of sort of a lighthearted romance Mm -hmm. into basically a pretty explicit, um, protracted torture scene.
0: And Um, it was a, it's a Japanese film, right? Japanese. Yeah. And it made a big, Yeah. yeah, it did make a big splash when it came out and I did see it when once when it came out.
6: Yeah. Um, and I, I, I sort of, I remembered it being a little bit different than it was. Um, uh, and so, anyway, there was a number of things. There are a number of different yeah, things just going into curious. that
0: experience. That wasn't yeah. necessarily your point, but
6: I was just no. Curious but I mean, like, you know. like, like I remember there was a time in college, like where I sought out, like, there's it's possible to to like do violence with your to yourself through movies. You know, sure, I, it's like they make you feel a certain way when you watch them and i mean that's obvious like the most obvious example is like well if you watch porn it's gonna make you horny like other movies have those kinds of but effects on you, too.
0: you were saying and that's an important thing maybe it's like a safe space to let some of those kind of primal emotions out and it's like you know yeah, yeah. like can't you know like guys who are you know they enforce that whole like male um Uh, not stereotype, but the, you know, what society expects of them, you know, to not show a lot of emotions. Maybe this is a venue for them to safely express those feelings or whatever, those emotions.
6: Yeah. 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 I think, I think that the, I don't, this movie in particular, I don't necessarily think that that is that this would be a good sort of vehicle for that. No, I kind of um, felt I like last, I had
0: PTSD coming out of this one.
6: Really, I think the last movie that really made me feel that way was like the Three Hundred. Because afterwards, after watching the <laughs> Three Hundred, I was just like, I was so pumped up. I was just like, we got to find 300
3: some.
0: Wait, Three Hundred or the
6: Three Hundred? The Three Hundred, the one about the Spartans.
3: Maybe exactly hundred. That 300. I it was Three Hundred. Well, well, now okay, I have to okay.
6: look it up. you're probably right.
3: I, I'm. So I'm in agreement. Like I think. Um, media that we consume like you do have to be careful and i and i i would say is that so many people are not careful about the media that they consume and um even
0: mindful like there's no reflection on it at all right
3: yeah they don't walk away being like okay what did i just watch but you know what should i take away from it how does this make me feel all these all these questions that i that i think most, I mean, all of us do really have because of the fact that we're critiquing movies. We, mm-hmm. we are thinking about these questions and we're asking these questions to ourselves. So my concern is when you have mass media <clears throat> being published and um, <clears throat> created and then shown to the masses is that you're going to have so many people who are not having these, um, this, these kind of reflections and they're just consuming this and they're not thinking yeah. about this deeper and they're so for me i i i put more of that responsibility on the people creating the media and 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 publishing it because it's kind of like you do have to somewhat be a gatekeeper or at least or conscious conscientious enough to make these decisions or for, for so many people who are not going to be asking these questions to themselves um and so, you know, again with this movie with Training Day, it's like, you know, both Ben and Devin were talking about. It's like, well, you, you know, obviously, an individual watching this movie gets to kind of decide what they take away from it, and not everyone's going to obviously w- watch this movie thinking I want to be that person. But for me, I put more of that responsibility not so much on the individual, but on the the people that create this media and 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 put that out there in the first place, because I'm like okay, what are you making and what are your intentions and how is that going to affect people? And I think, I think these are questions and, and just conversations that are really having are being had now because of social media and the, in the huge impact that's had on yeah. all of us. And, stop, hasn't it? Yeah. On everything that we really haven't had conversations of talking about how much the, how much media affects us in our, in our, in our psyche. But do you
0: know, you know who was an early voice of that? I'll play as, I have one line from him. I like you exactly as you are. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. You talked about this for years. You talk about being mindful of the, that kind of media and maybe more of an extreme than is, is necessary. I don't know, but maybe that's a conversation worth having. But I think <laughs> I see in society, uh, really quick, I'm sorry. Uh, if I don't get this out, I'll forget. Um, in society i kind of see us as like i know that people think of ourselves at this point you know at least compared to what come before as like we're very advanced but i just see us right now as kind of spinning out of control and kind of like uh you know handing a teenager uh the keys to like a, a mustang or something you know just it's a lot of power and not a lot of responsibility yet so a lot of this stuff that you're talking about kat that's like you know, it is maybe time to have those conversations where we need to be more mindful, uh, even as media producers, about what we're putting out there and why. And then again, as viewers, I know in a certain point in my life that I wasn't mindful and I would just, you know, I was out for any experience. I just barrage myself with any movie I could get my hands on and didn't think about it and wasn't really reflective on it. But much more so now I'm like a little more choosy. And again, with like, you know, if I, I don't want to watch something about couples necessarily like arguing on um on reality tv like i i don't want to invite that into my home uh, and sorry <laughs> i know i kind of uh, cut in the middle there um so please do continue
3: just my last thing is the difficult thing that we face now and i mean we have in general is we don't like when we go into to watch a movie like sure we have a summary we may have a trailer we don't really know mm-hmm. what we're gonna watch until after we've watched it so it's not like we go into That's movies a good point knowing like okay i'm going to watch this garbage of a movie and that i wasted i'm going to hate that i wasted so much time watching until after you've watched it that you will know that and right now it's because of scrolling on social media too it's like there's so much media that we get exposed to that we have no idea that we're going to get exposed to until after the fact and um that's and that's again why i think it's so much more important to put the emphasis and the responsibility on the people creating the media versus the individual consuming it because it's a much more difficult for the individual to know what they're going to consume versus the people who are creating the media who know what they're going to be publishing if that makes sense
0: no no excellent point and very well made i've seen stuff on reddit that i can't unsee and uh, i I take your point completely
3: Uh, Um, i think it's
0: i think we do need to be more responsible in that regard as producers
7: Yeah, so so I feel like uh, I'm kind of split down the middle because I feel like social media, yes, we we should be intentional and the people that are producing this should also be intentional, right? You know, if Mm -hmm. their only gambit is how long can I get people's eyes glued to my certain widget or whatever, that's an issue, right? And that's what's really coming to bear because we're spending so much time of our lives glued to social media and it's having other impacts where we feel like the it's becoming more and more we feel the real is in the virtual rather than in the real where is where it should be, you know. Um and that and you can see examples of that all over the place. But when it comes to movies and shows, I'm a little split. Yes, there should be intentionality. There should be some level of conscientious, you know, towards your audience. But I look at it in two different ways. Can a movie be all things to all people? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I also look at movies and shows as, as, a, as works of art. So in this movie, which is the one that we're talking about, it is mm-hmm. a dark tale. We get a chance as a, to have a lens into a very, to me at least, very realistic environment it's very dark. It's very gritty. The things that you, you, you know, the atmosphere of where, you know, uh, Alonzo and his part, you know, where Alonzo takes his partner, these are bad places, but they feel really realistic. You know, you had said chokehold, you know, and that being prescient, you know, uh, the things that we're dealing with now. So anyways, getting back to the, to the point i was trying to make is, is as a work of art does it have this overarching moral obligation because i heard that word used uh, much earlier mm-hmm. I'm not so sure and i'm and, and and telling dark stories um telling telling dark stories i mean the subject matter the themes are not comfortable whatsoever mm-hmm. they're unsettling
0: um, I've watched important movies that I've come out of like yeah that wasn't an, an easy watch that was a watch yeah you know? and then it'll stick Sch- with you in difficult ways even
7: yeah Schindler's List is still to this day is not an easy Good movie example. for me to watch this movie mm-hmm. is not easy in the sense of the things it leaves you feeling and grasping mm-hmm. and dealing with because I do believe this movie is a strict character study, mostly Denzel Washington, but also Ethan Hawke's character. And it's excellent in, in, in those terms. And I feel like the, all the background characters are very realistic. I heard stereotype, and I can definitely see that, de- definitely see that aspect. But I've mm-hmm. seen, encountered, and interacted with people that talk just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you use the word truck, you know, you're 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 being a dump truck. That's a prison term for someone that is not holding up their end, like if you're playing Pinochle and they're not holding their end as your partner, you you, you know, they're not playing I didn't good, know that. good strategy or dominoes, you know. If you have a partner, you know, dominoes partner, they're not a good strategy. you're you're your truck. You know, why are you trucking? Why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. It's like you're Man, you're, this you're writer. You're 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 the weak. terminology. You're the weekend. And I feel like also being a black director, you know, mm-hmm. who directed this film and that lens towards, towards realism, like these people, I could see them, they existed. So I didn't mm-hmm. see as much of this st- stereotype, I, but I can see how that lingo and that language and the way that people are looking and the mean mugs they're given and, you know, be, and being the spotters on the block and stuff how that is bled into the mainstream and it feels very stereotypical because not all black people are this way not all you know um y- you know hispanic or y- 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 you know uh people are this way either you you know what i mean it is a dark story and these are the people that are set in that environment i don't know but uh,
3: i so. will <clears throat> i will say like cuz i think what i could as an example of like, how do you do this peacefully or like in, in modern terms, I would, I would point to like Parasite as a great example of like, that is a dark tale that is about mm-hmm. a system that's corrupt too in a different way. Um, but it's not romanticized and there's no s- tropes or stereotypes in there. Like it, you, no one walks out of watching Parasite being like, I want to be that person. I want to mm-hmm. be any of those characters, you know? They walk out of it with like this, wow, this is really fucked for some for, for, for so many different reasons and so many different levels, right? And it's also a dark tale. It's very much mm-hmm. a dark tale too. And mm-hmm. so I'm that's kind of like what comes to mind. It's like we've seen I I've seen movies that are able to show like the reality of a dark situation a way that I think is still done tastefully.
7: I, I, I think that though that that's apples and oranges and I have not uh, watched Parasite although it sounds like a very interesting movie and I've read like the synopsis definitely want to watch it but that yeah. being a, a foreign movie correct me if I'm wrong being a foreign movie and so it's a different lens we don't have the context you know what I mean that cultural context so in that aspect it is a work of art because we're seeing a lens through you y- you know another uh, culture y- you know so it makes it very much interesting in so many different ways but we don't have that subtext you know it's so,
0: an interesting point. so um, well,
7: I mean, if I, I might add is... to this
0: if I might add to this real quick uh, and I feel like kind of as a white dude that I'm walking into a minefield here maybe but um my thought is is that yes this is a stereo there's people in this are stereotypes um in in that it doesn't show that there are other types of those people right Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. kind of
0: what jim was already saying right but Mm -hmm. um but it does center on the types that are typically that like maybe racists might use as examples of what they think an entire race of people are like Mm
7: -hmm.
0: um so yeah maybe stereotypes yes but they're not caricatures like they like some of the older like cringy cartoons would do you yeah, know right um, I, I understand what you're or, saying or in the 60s so it's not like you know uh what, what's that character and uh there's long duck dong and then there's the the guy <laughs> in uh, breakfast there's guy. well sure but uh, uh long duck dongs i think like 16 but, but, but going back like to the, the sixties the Tiffany's, you know that kind of stuff it didn't reach that level
7: but also like the Sam, you know, the Sambo, like that whole, the whole caricature of, of African-Americans and that made its way yeah, car- exactly. Cartoons and commercials oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw one even last night that was on YouTube that was like, yeah, this is, this is uh pretty yeah. bad. And it was like, uh, Lance, L A N T Z production who did, a? Uh, um, he was famous for, uh, the whole crew of characters, um, oh god damn it what is the bird's name uh woody woodpecker in the in that mm. game uh he had previously done something that's just like holy shit dude um and so yeah it doesn't reach that level that's all i'm saying but feel free to push back on that but uh yeah any uh let's uh kind of give our final thoughts if we're going to and and uh and move forward because i think we've gotten some good
5: conversation but we are running long. Uh, well, just one other thing i wanted to mention yeah, yeah, get um, in there before i fall asleep. <laughs> um, yeah yeah i saw that. <laughs> I saw you doing the thing. Yeah, I, um this I was just mentioning this before we started recording, and and it doesn't really didn't really fit into anything we we discussed, but wanted to mention that this this film very clearly inspired the Grand Theft Auto series, specifically Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which came right. out about four years after this film. Um, it has a lot of the same tropes uh, and, and stereotypes. Obviously, uh, there there is a great number of very problematic portrayals in that game which I recognize mm-hmm. um, but also the the storyline is very similar it focuses on a crooked cop played by Samuel L. Jackson one of his only ever video game appearances he does an excellent hmm. job he's a very good voice actor uh, and uh, but you play as a as one of these people being extorted basically that that guy in the ghetto that turns on Alonzo you're basically that guy yeah the one who's trying to keep his family together is trying to look out for his his you know family and and is trying to go up against this crooked cop who thinks he can control the, the neighborhood. Um, And uh, yeah, just an interesting, a more enjoyable story, at least in terms of like, you are a person who is downtrodden, you know, fighting against this system and, and win in the end, (laughs) you know, it is Mm -hmm. not like a, just a horrifically sad ending as you are doomed to die. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess maybe you could read it that it's way. It's been but so a long little more for me.
0: I'll take your word on it. I just remember like, man, why does CJ get to drive? And I also remember that that was lo- one of the lines because uh, your character's name, I think it was CJ. Did I remember? CJ, that yeah. 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 And John then Johnson. the other thing was, is I remember the more you ran, the more stamina you got. So I remember like running a lot on purpose to like build my stamina up for later uh, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a game uh, thing. You were uh, I remember really like liking- yeah, exactly. I remember just like, well, you know, I could take a- I could go steal this car right here, or I could just run over there to the barber shop or wherever <laughs> I'm heading uh and build my stamina up for when I get the you know three star uh, police uh alert going.
5: I will say that the game, though, like in its in its to its credit, it it does that kind of misguided thing of at least like punching up and down where there's also a lot of really racist depictions of white people in it. There's like a hippie character who's like just like the biggest fucking like the biggest stereotype imaginable and like Mm -hmm. the like crooked cops uh uh, partner is this like bumbling white guy who's like always eating donuts and he's like really fat and you know like there's a lot of everyone gets a stereotypical representation not that that necessarily that doesn't excuse in any way the the stereotypical minority uh representations but still
0: yeah i don't know that they would make that specific game that way now um kind of curious if they would or not but i feel like gta 5 they progressed from that a, a bit and um yeah. however they still got the larry the cable guy style uh, dude in gta 5 which is actually my favorite character in that game mm-hmm. his storyline is well written really yeah <laughs> i liked when he fell in love with the the mexican mafia guy's wife or whatever and ran off with yeah. I loved it i love like that like 20 That's years so older great. than him <laughs> yeah. yeah totally That's so funny so weird yeah meth's a hell of a drug i guess <laughs> um, any any other final final thoughts you guys want to get in before we uh i hate to cut you off but if you have any anything else that you've been trying to get out there go do how um, long now
7: just that i loved i i loved denzel washington character in this movie though it's just a larger in life anti-hero yep um and dice being dissecting him um everything he did was cal- calculating uh and he he just like how he he maneuvered you, you know yep chest um, and checkers well yeah it, yeah he kind of telegraphed and that might have been for, for us as well who the type of person he was you know we can do what the fuck we want to do but i mean just the maneuvering he's smiling yeah. in roger's face when he's telling him you know he's gonna go to the philippines in a year and he even says man i want to go with ya. You know, yep. knowing he's going to do him. Yep. Um, You he know, knew. He, he already knew. Yeah. He he was starting to corral uh, Hoyt's character into accepting that he was a shooter of Roger. And there's a scene where he's outside and he's smiling at him while he's on the phone talking to probably uh, Smiley because he says mm-hmm. keep the bath, you know, make sure the bathtub's clean or something like that. He's oh while yeah he's all those kind of
0: Oh yeah, like, yeah. Make sure the, the type of
7: sociopathy that 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 he evolved into, and just yeah, knowing the, he used to be a a good person, it was it was level just of, man
0: the level of like Machiavellian yes. mechanizations going that he rose to has just rarely been seen before in Hollywood. I'm sure yeah. it's there somewhere else, um, but it kind of escapes me. I remember. Feeling like this was a new thing when I saw it.
7: Yeah. And a groundbreaking.
0: And a hell of a Christmas movie. So I'll play one more (laughs) clip and we'll we'll move on to the commercial break. This is the speaking of manning up.
4: A good narcotics agent should have narcotics in his blood. (laughs) What are you going to smoke that? Nope. You are. (laughs) Hell if I am. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. No why you're mormon or something you're jesus free no man i'm not losing my job this is your job i can't do that smoke it Huh? No. this ain't a test just take a hit take uh, it man listen i became a cop to stop people yeah, yeah yeah blah 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 it's not a review board and i ain't cocaine take a hit no man yeah! jesus christ yeah right if I was a dealer, you'd be dead by now, motherfucker. You turn shit down on the street, and the chief brings your wife a crisply folded flag. The fuck is wrong with you? I'm talking about you. You know what? I don't want you in my unit. I don't want you in my division. Get the fuck out of my car. Go back to the valley, rookie. Poop, butt-ass. Give me that thing. I'll smoke it,
1: man. Give it to me. Let me smoke it. I'll smoke
4: it. <laughs> ah, virgin lungs. Man up now. Man up.
0: So he he didn't quite get him until he called him poo Buttass, ass, and then like he he uh, he got those him words, to uh, smoke. Those words yeah deep. <laughs> that's the first time and maybe only time I've ever heard Yeah, strong words run it reminded me I, of like Marty like you know you can't call him chicken or whatever and then he'll in- instantly do the thing
5: Is butt ass
0: a term Have you I've ever heard, heard,
5: heard that phrase other places but it might only be in reference to this movie but I'm not sure I'm not sure if it was a slang term before and this movie is just using it or if it was something that came from this movie Denzel was I've just like it was this other
0: King Kong mm-hmm. line that he just kind of contributed
5: yeah I wonder about that
0: it's like who but ass Anyway, uh, yeah, training day. So (laughs) (laughs) food butt ass. That's your takeaway, folks. Um, (laughs) So go ahead and tally up some grades, guys. And while you do, uh, while you're thinking about that, it's time we can have a, a short commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Folks, are you ready to do whatever it takes to get ahead? Are you ready? To trade up to a better life by getting not just a job, but a real career. Are you willing to get your hands dirty? Get your feet wet? Do you like getting wet? Then smoke on this. No, seriously, take a man-sized hit, dog. A good candidate should have narcotics in their system. All right, you pass the test, you're in. Training day. Temp Agency is the organization to help you climb the ladder. (laughs) I know what you're asking yourself. It can't really be like this, can it? Well, yes, it is. And we're sorry we exposed you to this reality. But the faster you match up what's going on in your head with what's going on in the streets, the better the outcome for you. So take a seat at the table, order yourself a baseball steak or something, and let the bigwigs get our story straight before we tax Roger. Side effects include getting wet, engaging in multiple shootouts with cliche thugs, saving your own ass by stopping the cousin of a gang leader from being assaulted, committing armed robbery of a drug dealer, and hooking and booking your would-be boss after a drawn-out, no-holds-barred street fight. Training day temp agency. Yes, the first day is murder, but give us 18 months and we'll give you the keys to the kingdom. (laughs) <laughs> that's such a funny that's such a funny idea. <laughs> can you imagine though your Jesus. first day on the job? Yikes. All right, let's uh let's figure out what what this uh movie's GPA is going to be. If I can find my sound clip. Oh, Okay, it's time to submit our grades. Pepe, why don't you kick it off as the reigning champ? We'll give you that honor. Oh, geez, okay. Um, Put you on the spot.
6: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I recognize this. So this is a hard one to grade for me. I I think Mm -hmm. this is, um, to me, I think that there's a lot of, there's obviously a lot of, like, craft like Devin was saying there's a lot of like craft Denzel Washington's before, he, you know he won an Oscar for it it's obviously really good um, this movie is also really well to me at least it's really easy to watch it just has a sort of internal it just sort of pulls you along and you just mm-hmm. it's easy mm-hmm. to stay with it's easy to watch um, and those are all pretty those are all good qualities for a movie to have um uh so all of that being said, uh, I feel like I've I've detailed my issues with this movie and movies like it well enough. Yeah, um, I think I will. Um, I think I'll give this movie a B plus.
0: Yeah, okay, I can buy that. I won't. I won't challenge you on that. Um, yeah, and so I'll keep it short and sweet, and I'll dredge up your joke earlier, and we'll just uh, just for the fun of it, go back to the gutter one more time. I'll give Training Day a training bra A. <laughs> yeah yeah i, I, I detailed what it. i liked about it yeah i mean it was a bad joke that it's a bad joke now what are you gonna do um yeah but <laughs> I, I give i'll give it an a just to keep it short uh i think we we discussed it enough uh it's still it's one of the ones i still remember watching it had a huge impact on me i've seen it a dozen times i'll probably watch it you know another dozen times before uh before it all ends so, uh, I, I, I'd i feel like I was lying to the audience or myself if I didn't give it an A. Kat, where do you uh, stand on training day?
3: Um, I think for me, it's a B minus. I think mm-hmm. that I can, I appreciate a lot of what it has. I think, yeah, it was shot well, the dialogue, the acting. Um, there's a lot of, it, it's definitely entertaining. And you, for me, it was like a, like it's kind of like a thrill ride like i was just tagging along with them throughout this whole experience um so those are all great qualities like pepe was also saying um but for the reasons i've kind of uh already stated in this pod in this episode of why you know some of my critiques of this movie I, it's kind of in the lower end of the, of the B b range so yep. yeah yep
0: yeah and you said objectively it was a scare quote good movie as far as like how it was made and stuff so we get that yeah if you're skipping forward to just the grades go back and, and the, check out the conversation for more uh but yeah b minus is about what i would have pegged that uh your grade to be uh Devin, where are we at
5: draining bay that would be my porn my porn title of this my porn parody draining oh, Bay. Okay. like there you go. <laughs> draining okay. bay yeah. All right. Uh,
0: now I'm. Now I'm sorry. I wasn't kind of working out a new. Yeah, new. yeah I've been thinking about uh, that all this. That actually seems like
7: fun. Yeah, I good, might want to watch good that work. movie. <laughs> um, so that'll
0: my, be a different dream... category, but it could. It could be all right.
5: Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Like, uh, like Pepe alluded to me alluding to, I think that this movie is, uh, like very well crafted, uh, like, you know, almost nothing technically wrong with it at all. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, it made me very anxious watching it. It's not the type of movie I would ever seek out to watch on my own. It made me very sad. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, because of the former, I can't give it too low a grade because of the latter, I can't give it too high. So I think mm-hmm. for me, it's like a C, um, I, I think she's a low grade. But I mean I'm not saying I mean, it's, it's wrong. I'm just saying for me, if I got a C yeah. I would
0: feel like I failed a class, but um Well,
5: C's get decreased, man.
0: I know, I know. I I've heard that phrase too many times. It always <laughs> pisses me off. Just just um, remember
6: this man gave under the skin an F.
0: Oh that oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, the canary died is what happened. Devon's our our in house canary and uh Something about this was enough to to get him. So, but I'm not surprised that, that it's a C. Yeah. For you, that is a pretty middling. I mean, okay. Yes. C technically generous, is so. the, the very <laughs> middle grade you can get. So, yeah. I was thinking you were going to go for like a C plus, B minus, but interesting. All right. C so gets the degree. Alonzo, you passed. Good job. Um, who are we forgetting? Gentleman Jim Scott. Um, are we going to help this thing out or what?
7: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, I love I very much admire Denzel Washington as an actor. Um, you know uh, the slew of films. I just his his presence on screen. It's signature. It's him. Uh, no it one is, else is quite quite like him. From you know the Siege to Glory to John Q to Malcolm X, uh, even Equalizer. It seems like all great actors these days now have to be like an action hero of some type and for, un, unfortunately sometimes they are not able to get out of that um yeah and in this he just delivered a performance it is a grittier tale I do like it I do understand that that's not for everybody you, you know mm-hmm. yeah. um I, I've kind of and it is a, a typecast in a way you know it's movies you know like Joe Bob Briggs movies for guys who like movies it definitely oh, would yeah, be that totally. type type affair you know but
0: I enjoy these, those kind of movies. So, sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
7: hey. I didn't gave my grade. Oh, okay. A. I was already assuming.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. And Denzel was in this movie in 2016 called Fences that was really, uh, mm. I mm. really liked it. It had an, it was, I rate things a lot of, on how much they impact me. And that one really yeah. got to me. It's a character study. If you guys haven't seen that, mm. check it out. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. If you're a fan of Denzel, definitely you'll like it. He's a powerhouse. Um, I, Mm the fences was a a play first, if I remember correctly. And, um, shoot, what's the voice of the voice of Darth Vader? I'm so, I'm not a name guy. You guys know, Oh, James Earl Jones. Yes. James Earl Jones used to, I think either did fences the movie or he was one of the guys Mm -hmm. known for portraying the character Troy Maxson on stage. Um, Mm. Denzel took it in a very different direction and it was unique. As you said, he's signature guy. Yeah, uh, has an interesting and unique presence and um, such a cool movie.
7: And, and a um, gravitas. D- uh, yeah, to him, that can't know? be denied. Yeah, he mm-hmm.
0: does. So, yeah, cool. Um, Devin, what does that mean for uh, Training Day as far as the GPA?
5: Uh, so, despite my best efforts, it's still got a fairly good 3.2, <laughs> um, which is a yeah. solid B. Still puts it at, I'd say, the top, like, Fifteen percent of movies we've watched, we we liked it a fair amount. Um, it the only tie it has is with Dracula in our first series. Oh, uh, so. oh,
0: okay, that's about where Dracula ended up. Yeah, Shit. I 3. would have 2. thought Dracula
5: would have been lower than that because you guys complained all the uh, like,
7: both pretty... anti both yeah, antihero
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. movies too interesting. Yeah, yeah, I liked his old Dracula portrayal, but uh, you know, I know it was stagey, Devin. Um, what was that season one or something? Yes, the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Last, yeah, seven, last episode of the first series. <laughs> yeah. Interesting stuff. Cool. Well, that's a that's a good solid grade. All right. Well, why don't we move on and uh roll for the next episode? Yeah. Uh, who is up to roll the dice? Devin, you did on our last series kick it off. So who wants to do the next one? Evan. Don't all volunteer at once.
6: Yeah, sure. Well, let me uh let me what uh go ahead and grab a, 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 a dice
0: so I'll get my uh, four. submissions thing ready. A four? Okay.
5: Um, while he's grabbing that, I'll mention that when I looked up Pooh butt ass" to to oh, see if there you. was uh-huh. an origin, it looks like it, it's totally originated from Train Day. Probably also an ad libbed line uh, that Denzel Washington felt said. Like that. And like the for some reason, the fourth Google result was for rhyme zone for synonyms for Pooh butt ass." Someone was trying to incorporate it into their rap, and uh, <laughs> interesting. Searching for anyone, for n- anyone, n- any name we would know or. Uh no, I mean it's just a list of synonyms. It, like yeah. poop, poop butt, poop ass, yeah. poop butt ass, poop ass Weird. ass, poop asshole. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> <I just think>. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Let's uh let's find out what we're might, watching next week. We'll continue this uh, curse words slay ride into December.
5: Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just I let
0: remember. a few slip there
5: makes sense one of the one of the trivia for this movie was that um i can't remember the exact number like the effort was said like 211 times or something like that it's like a crazy number okay did you say that
0: in the in the rundown
5: no Uh, it was something i read afterward um yeah yeah that might be the exact number but it was something in that in the 200 range it was a lot there was a lot yeah
0: and so it rubbed off on me and then i cursed a few times in the show so there you have it I'm still high kicking out of the karate. Does have an
5: influence
7: on us, man? I
0: know. See, (laughs) it's canon. All right, you ready, Pepe?
7: I'm ready. I got my calshock
6: ready
1: to go here. Here's
0: your
2: drum roll.
6: (laughs) It's a, it's a two, it's a two.
0: It's a two. Okay, continuing the sleigh ride into the Christmas season. We'll be watching Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. It uh, came out in 1966. Director Frank Perry. And you can watch this movie for free on YouTube. So just Google Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory and uh, watch it away on YouTube for free. And we will be discussing that next week. Series 6, Episode 2. Our uh, Christmas-themed and... Good bad movie. So I'll be curious, uh on that sounds all like of a joke things. title. What, A Christmas memory? Truman Capote's like yeah,
6: like Truman Capote's in anything. Sounds like a joke title to
0: me. Because you're because you know who Truman Capote is and and just or do, do you think I, like the I, title
6: well, just sounds funny. I do know who Truman Capote is, but it, it no, just I sounds like
2: that,
6: a Yeah, it yeah, it sounds like a it sounds like a joke title to me. Like
5: yeah. Well, we'll find out. I mean, most tiniest you know, films don't begin with an apostrophe S. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I just think this is Pepe's way of throwing it off, uh, throwing the scent mm-hmm. off of himself. I think <laughs> is, oh, man. That's what this is. He's playing I'm that sure. 4D chess. This is a 4D chess, not 3D chess. Jeez.
6: It's wheels within wheels.
0: Alonzo, you know. is that you? Right.
7: No.
5: <laughs> right? <laughs> I think earlier in the episode, I was so tired. I said that Alonzo is playing 3D chess, but that w- that would just be chess. That would just be chess. uh, That's just what chess is.
6: How funny if that was the line? This isn't 3D chess. It's 4D chess. (laughs) (laughs) You you heard it here first. Yeah. All right,
0: cool. A little bit of show business. Uh, Come on, fans. The email is ben at redheadmedia.com. You send me (laughs) one line, I'll send you a million woolongs. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the pictures of your funny. feet. That's what he really wants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fill my inbox. Oh, my God. Yeah. What am I yeah. doing? I'm joking. <laughs> please don't do that. Um, yeah. Please do. Uh, okay. So you can write to me, Ben at redhandmedia.com, and we may respond on the show. In fact, if you do so soon, you'll almost 100% guaranteed get a response. So I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. We're the show always ends right now, wrap right? things up. Yep, there's nothing else you know, that ever, ever, Nothing ever, ever
6: comes after this.
0: Ever. No. Look,
6: still looking. Hang let's, on. Let's stop. All right. You should just turn the cameras off. Oh, wait,
0: oh. who's that? I don't know, but I was saved by the bell there. <laughs>
7: <laughs> just one more thing.
0: Oh, my God. It's Alonzo Columbo here to uh, hook me and book <laughs> me. Um, no, Lieutenant Columbo's <laughs> oh, here. Uh, to let us know we have time for just one more thing. Uh, this is the segment of the show where each co-host brings a little something, something from outside of the show and just kind of shares what they've been up to. Uh, mine was kind of just a little funny anecdote. My son and I were walking around uh, having a walk the other day and uh, he's been a little cooped up from you know the whole pandemic thing as maybe we all have been. And so he saw a group of girls playing and uh, he's, he's a little kid. um and so he was like oh my god like i finally get to play with some kids you know i haven't been able to do that much and so he ran over and was playing with them and having a good time and they were you know bouncing balls around and and playing uh um whatever all kinds of different games Uh, uh what's the one where simon says and stuff like that and you know just being kids and being loud and having fun and so he did meet a little girl here who apparently lives here and um they're the same age and they got along pretty well. And so we're walking away after he finishes playing and we're going home. And he, uh, he looks at me and he goes, wow, Valentine's day for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's just like a little kid, you know? So it's like, that is so funny. I don't know where he got that line or came up with it. Kids really do say the darndest things. I thought that was pretty heartwarming and funny. So I um, guess he liked her or something like that. Yeah, it was cute. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sparks on the playground.
3: All right. Yeah, so, uh, Kat,
0: Kat, what have you got for us this week on just one more thing?
3: I don't know how to follow up with that. that As a cute little yeah, anecdote so story. So wholesome. Valentine's Day
0: for me. Yeah.
3: This is a book I've been reading, of course. It's another book recommendation. Um, it's called See No Stranger. And it's a memoir and manifesto of revolutionary love is what it's called. Um, and I'm, I'm not even trying to say her name cause I'm going to butcher it, but Valerie is the first name car core. I don't know. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very political, social political book, um, talking about how you're, how to kind of empathize with people that you very fundamentally disagree with kind of through this idea yeah. of a radical leading with radical love, like Martin Luther King jr. Talked about and stuff so um it's very much very um yeah i'm very interested in and, and like wanting to learn more about so um i definitely enjoyed it so if that's something that you know you're interested in definitely check it out
0: and what's the title one more time
3: uh, it's called see no stranger and then the subtitle is a memoir and manifesto of revolutionary love
0: wow that's quite the uh, subtitle there. Cool. Well, that sounds neat. Um, oh, by the way, Kat, I started watching Squid Game, which was one of your just one more things. I always like to tell nice. people. So I, I kicked that off tonight, and both my wife and I instantly were hooked in, and um, we just watched uh, we watched most of the first episode before it got a little late, and we had to, had to start prepping for the show, but very much looking forward to getting getting deeper into that series. So yeah. Good quality stuff there. So thanks for that recommendation.
5: Devin. Awesome yeah so i was also going to talk about a book to prove that i also read um but (laughs) the book i was going to talk about was seven and a half deaths of evelyn hardcastle but i haven't finished it yet so i'm gonna I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I'll talk about it when I finish it, which hopefully will be by the end of this series because I read really slow. Um, and it's not that long of a book, but uh, I, yeah, don't have a long on a million reading. years. Yeah, uh, yeah. So my actual, uh, just one more thing is going to be a podcast again. Um, this one is called Song Exploder. Um, it is also on maximum fun. Or actually, it might be independent. Sorry. I might be wrong about that. But it's on Spotify. It's on Podcatchers, any you know, anywhere you find podcasts. It is Kirk Hamilton, who is also from uh Triple Click, which is a it's that is the Maximum Funds video game podcast and also the podcast we have stolen uh the concept of one more thing from. Uh and oh, okay. he, yeah, they, they they originated the idea. Um and uh anyway, Song Explorer kirk hamilton is like a musical genius not in the sense of like he's he's fairly talented but he like knows every instrument and like how all of them work like he is like a a absolute omni talent in terms of of musical instruments and um he just breaks down you know very good songs and like takes them apart and talks about you know motifs and uh the technical brilliance of them and then things like that. Is he like on that. YouTube? Because I watch someone on YouTube who does that kind of thing. He, he does have YouTube videos, but I don't think he does like full length breakdowns on YouTube. I think he just like posts. Okay, that must be a different stuff. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he recently has like a sample that, that kind of matches the season. He just did one about, or not just did. This is an old episode, but there is one about Nightmare Before Christmas specifically, uh, making making Christmas the song making Christmas, and he breaks that down. It's like, I mean, Danny Elfman. I already knew Danny Elfman was a genius, but after that episode, it's like, oh my, like oh my god, like we need to be talking more about Danny Elfman. Like he, we need to talk more about this guy. He's we need crazy. to talk more about uh, score and music in general. Yeah, and like, when we remember then, to. The, like, revelation that he comes to throughout this episode is that the the main uh, five notes that make up the song, this is Halloween, da 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 da, da uh, mm-hmm. is not only the first five notes of the Dea Syri, which is a famous death chant, Gregorian death chant, which shows up in scores all over the place. One jury is one of those... Yeah, it is one of those um, sort of musical Wilhelm screams, they call them, that once, okay. you, once you know how to detect it, it will ruin movies for you because it is used as a score to indicate that a character is going to die. And there are hundreds of films where long before a character in the movie dies, they play Siri when they're on screen. And like 99 times out of 100, that character dies in the movie at some point after the Siri is played like in there it worked into the score that represents them um and so the day is those five notes it is also the five notes of the carol of the bells the d-d-d-d it's those exact five notes also here come the so- bells yeah. yeah, And that so that Christmas it,
0: song that takes itself way too seriously.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And so it, Danny Elfman created a song that is both a death chant and a Christmas carol to perfectly marry the ideas of Halloween and Christmas for this, for his man. Effing Danny Elfman. Wow. And, yeah. and uh, as an elf
6: man, he's immune to sleep magic. That's true. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I'll also say that Wilhelm scream is the word of the day. So now you have to go wrong. <laughs> okay. Here it goes okay nice. try to unhear that i haven't heard um, any i I do listen for them and i heard one in something i watched but not for the show i heard uh, one in, in the quality
6: uh, of the movies we've been choosing have been too high
0: <laughs> i probably yeah we gotta we gotta get <laughs> yeah. get more uh down the i don't know i don't want to say the gutter but uh the yeah, the bottom you, shelf yeah exactly thank you we gotta get back to the, the well drinks
5: one more time, uh, Song Exploder uh, with Kirk Hamilton is the podcast. It's also a very good episode on Satisfied from Hamilton, um, which is like, I, after listening to that episode, I think it's the best song in Hamilton, even though it was not my favorite before. Cool.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I'll definitely check that one out because I, like I said, I've been watching and it's probably not Kirk Hamilton. Um, it's probably some other fellow, but it's absolutely fascinating watching people who know music theory like the back of their hand and our musicians break down and explain, even if you don't play. It is very fascinating to hear their yeah. explanations of why the things are the way they are and how they harken back to the things that have come
5: before them. Yeah, it's and one of those podcasts that makes me feel smart after I listen to it. You know, you I, feel like I, know, I feel like I know things by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> very good, sir.
0: All right, cool. Uh, James Pepe, what have you got for us this week? Uh, yeah,
6: recently my folks, I don't know how they ended up doing it, but they stumbled upon um, the first season of True Detective. Uh, okay. And when they did that, I the was like, season. oh yeah, I'll, I'll also watch that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I rewatched first season of True Detective. It's still hella good. Oh, so yeah. if, you haven't, uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, if you haven't seen it, and you're like me, and I know I am, uh, <laughs> run, don't walk to first the first season of uh, True Detective. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's streaming Matt on HBO Max. Matthew McConaughey
0: was absolutely. I know it was a show, but he was like given an Oscar-worthy performance on that TV show. Did he win an Emmy for that yeah. one? I wonder. I don't know. I, I think he won my heart though. Yeah, he was so cool in that. I think. I mean, the they one all hasn't seen it. Was. Yeah. I gotta watch it. It's, on it's my got list.
7: Cthulhu themes. It's really good. It's yeah, cool. it sure does. Cool. Yeah, and uh-huh. then
0: season two was just not good. Uh, but well, I think they, season three was better or something.
7: They tried to yeah. correct uh, the criticism from the first season.
0: Ooh, never The second poetic. season, but I don't want to spoil
7: anything. I, no. I haven't watched a third season. I want to, but I haven't mm-hmm.
6: yet. Third season's better than the second season. That's what I um, heard. But they... Both of them pale in comparison mm-hmm. to the first. First
0: season yeah. was just something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Can, I, can I ask you, what do you got there that's yellow? Is that a, like a blankie or uh, like a jacket or something?
3: That's a blankie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. Just cold. Comfy.
3: That looks comfy-wumpy.
0: <laughs> um, okay, It's a cool. blankie. Yeah, it's getting to that time. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So run out and watch it. What is it streaming on currently again? HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course it is. Yeah, that's who that they released it of of course it's mm-hmm. on HBO. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what have you got for us, uh gentleman Jim Scott?
7: Um, I have two. So uh uh I, I, I I'm modeling after both Kat and Devin. Uh okay. but I'll make them quick. So the first is the book that I'm reading now because I'm you know, I'm not into Christmas spells. I'm into Christmas hell. No. Um yeah, we know, are, know I love we know horror. This. So yeah, I'm reading yeah. the uh, the damnation game by Clive Barker. It is okay. his ber- modern day version of like the Faustian pact but without I mean I mean I'm midway through but it pretty much leaves out the redemption aspect and just focuses on, you know, the dark darker diabolism and it's really interesting. Um, yeah, and uh the podcast that I want to recommend it's on YouTube actually and it's an it it is due to this movie because i end up watching it to get more of a framework i had seen this episode before but i want to get more of a framework anyways the podcast channel on youtube is called the vile eye B-I-L-E and then i okay. but he does a series called analyzing evil where he takes iconic characters from uh, movies and things like that and breaks it down. And that was kind of the, you know, the one he did of, of Alonzo Harris kind of preempted me in my second viewing. Let me find some things that he didn't discuss, you know, in, in that. In that okay. take. But I mean, he's done Amon um, Goeth, uh, Goeth, Goeth, Goeth um Schindler's List he's done okay, Hannibal yeah, Lecter yeah, yeah. Silence of the Lambs cool. and he's really really good at just dissecting it and it does it gives you um uh it gives you like a deeper look and and gives you things that you might not have caught and it's very very interesting if you sounds want sounds very similar to what David
0: was talking about except for you know just about characters of course yeah yeah i yep. love that so if we're in an era where like video essays are just really like coming into yes. their own in a just yes. a wonderful way and some of them are getting really high production values too yes. i've seen some amazing stuff i private um, individuals. individuals smart afterwards so that's a good mm-hmm. viewing experience there if you want to yeah. feel like a smarty pants cool well, what one uh what was the name of it again the vile eye S-
7: yeah, the channel is called The Vile Eye. Oh, the Eye, channel's called The Vile Eye. Okay. And this section that he does is called Analyzing Evil. They're all about villains
0: in um, movies and too.
7: shows. Yeah.
0: Analyzing Evil. Okay. I'll cue some of those up tonight then. Mm-hmm. We're playing uh, Back for Blood if you're down.
7: They, uh, I'm totally down.
0: You okay, already know. Excellent.
7: All right. Let's wrap this sucker
0: up then. Let's go get, let's <laughs> go get our Back for Blood on uh yeah feel free to join us on that since i don't have a sign off thing you can find me at uh my name is lucky strike usually an underscore was probably lucky strike 1776 totally uh original name that i'm sure nobody else has yeah but uh seek me out if you want to play with us We'll, we'll kill some zombies um all right it's time to say goodbye
2: you most of
0: all Dorothy is letting us know that it's time to say goodbye but Alonzo's here to tell us uh, not to cry and to gaslight <laughs> us a little bit more on the way out the door um, <laughs> Now let's, let's start saying our goodbyes and wrap this up before uh, I turn back into a pumpkin um, Kat, you can go first
3: I'm Catherine Ramirez, it's been real catch me on Instagram at Kat Ramirez with two Z's see you all next time
5: Good. see you next time and Mr. Devin Schwartz. I've been and continue to be Devin Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Devin Schwartz1 and game over, man. Game over. Game over. Uh,
0: but not uh, theme over. Well, actually, the second show will technically be going on in December. So um, we'll kick in the Christmas theme there. Just consider it a delayed theme. Well done gaslighting us about that too. <laughs> we never talked about a Christmas theme. What do you mean? I know exactly. <laughs> this is the way, but the, the moment you get to match in your head with, with what's real on the streets, then you'll be, you'll be right on board with what Jim's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. James Pepe.
6: I've been James Pepe. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, hope to see you back uh, next week.
0: Yeah, join us, Series Six, Episode Two. Exciting stuff. Truman Capote's something or other, which I have Truman. to bring up, so I don't. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truman Capote is involved. I guarantee it. Just like the uh, men's warehouse guy. Um, all right, <laughs> get, get late, folks. Getting late. All right, gentlemen, Jim
7: Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, Jim, and. Uh, Farewell and take care, gentle listeners and friends. Indeed.
0: And this has been
7: I'll Look at Yours If
0: You Look at Mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review. That one's especially important. Dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And don't forget to watch Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory, 1966, on YouTube. Just Google it on YouTube, you'll find it. It's free, it's Christmassy. Until next time, lookers, keep on looking! <laughs>